This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 101. Man, that's getting hard to say. I am Nick Howell. And bringing the swag like nobody can, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> and here we have episode 101, man. We are yes. we're in the triple digits. We made it. Whew. That's pretty crazy. Uh, we're, we're a real show now. <laughs> but it's not as crazy as the stuff that's going on in WWE right now. They apparently oh. are they're going ahead with their Crown Jewel show, and we got to talk about that. Uh, we had a little bit, a very little bit of fallout from their Evolution pay-per-view, which happened this last weekend. Which you wouldn't know much about, because they didn't talk about it that much throughout uh, the week. Not really, uh, a little bit, but there's a reason for that. We'll get into that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about this week. There's a little bit of New Japan news. There's some 205 Live, some NXTs heading towards War Games, and they're getting all fired up over there. There's a lot to talk about. Mr. Howell, but yes. first, we should do some business before we yes. get into the show. Let's handle the housekeeping. Uh, as always, head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, and send a join request to the discussion group. That is the hub of our operation and where everybody likes to hang out all day, every day, chatting about wrestling. We talk about uh, every show in a different thread every week. Uh, throughout the week. It's a lot of fun. Also, come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Give us a follow there. And if you like our show and what we do here, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome tiers that we have over there where you can get show notes, uh, ask listener questions that will be uh, answered right here on the show with myself and Sir Ian, as well as get some pretty sweet swag or some, you know, some fancy Skype hangout calls with myself and Sir Ian Dangerous once ooh, a month. Ooh. So good stuff there. At last but certainly not least, we will be back live on YouTube eminently. We got the keys to the new studio today, literally today, and looking forward to getting back in and the next getting all of that stuff set back up over the next couple of weeks. So sometime Sometime in the next couple of weeks, we will be back. But in the meantime, you can head over to youtube.com slash C 
slash busted wide open. Hit that subscribe button and make sure to pound that notification bell icon as well so you get alerted every time we put up a new video or in the very near future, go live. Uh, I can't wait to be live again, man. That's yes. always so much fun. Uh, yeah, you have to get settled. We got to change that opening bumper because we're no longer at the Orbital Jigsaw Arena in sunny th- Southern California. Um, I'm at the Danger Cave and you're at, well, soon going to be the uh, the new Orbital Jigsaw Arena in, uh, in what, in, t- in temperate North Carolina? Yes, the leaves are already changing here in North Carolina. It's uh, quite beautiful, if I do say so myself. Must be nice. It's a, it's a balmy 75 here in L.A. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we have lots to talk about, as we said. But in order to talk about that, let's head on over to the show and talk about the big news. Well, Crown Jewel continues to be the top news story, even getting coverage from the likes of John Oliver on last week tonight. Uh, Various news organizations are talking specifically about how WWE is going forward with Crown Jewel, even though there's no mention of the fact that it's in Saudi Arabia on WWE programming anymore, which... I guess is the way they're dancing around it, Ian. They're just calling it a global pay-per-view event the now? global pay-per-view <laughs> event. Yeah, no, it's 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 in Saudi Arabia. They've confirmed they are going to have it in Saudi Arabia. We thought they might try to move it, but doesn't look like that's happening. But as a result, they lost a couple of superstars from the Uh-oh. show. Uh, this week, we saw them write off both John Cena and Daniel Bryan from appearing at the event, both of whom were in very high-profile matches. And obviously, while no statement has been made by either one of those guys, we can only assume their reasoning for not wanting to go, particularly Daniel Bryan. What's, uh, what's notable is that Daniel Bryan reportedly actually wanted out of the show even before all this recent stuff went down with, uh, with the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who was murdered in, the, uh, in, uh, in, in Turkey, yeah, so this was by by the Saudi government. So this is actually interesting that that Daniel Bryan was already trying to get out of the show. It's just this cemented it for him. Yeah, and uh, he actually had had asked to lose to the Miz in Melbourne in order to not be the number one contender for AJ Styles. So we saw this week how he was written off the show. John Cena also we saw how he's written off the show. Uh, Cena, I mean, who who do you think this is actually? A tougher move for Cena or Daniel Bryan to to ask WWE to not be on this show. You uh, know, I, I don't really have. I, I can't really pick between one or the other. I'm sure Daniel Bryan is getting pressure from his wife Brie Bella and their kind of extended family, uh, including like John, the likes of John Laurinaitis, uh, Nikki Bella, et cetera, et cetera. So there's got to be some family familial pressure coming. Uh, from the Bella side of the house there, or you maybe think? he's just a really good dude that doesn't want his name having being attached to anything to do with this kind of you know inequality. I think it's more of the, the latter. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who also have families in the WWE who are still going, uh, and and Brian has shown in the past that he's much more of a, a, a moral, like goes with his guts, goes with his morals kind of guy. So I think that's definitely more of it. Also, uh, and then in the, in the case of him and, and John Cena, I think it's a little tougher for Daniel Bryan. He is under current constant working contract with the company. Cena 
has a lot of leeway here. He's he's pretty much mostly out of the company right now and off with his movie career. So which I think it's more of a publicity thing for his movies than it is for anything else for any kind of moral stand. So I, I definitely but think hang it's- on. I, I want to talk about that for a second because at the sh- at the greatest Royal Rumble not six months ago. He stood up after his match and said, "I just want to thank the 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 sure. the royal family of Saudi Arabia. It's always a great time being here." Blah 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 blah. But whether also, or not that was a planted script of some sort, or but I mean, how can you just completely flip like that unless there there's some kind of pressure? Maybe he's got movies coming out. Maybe. Warner Brothers or Sony or whoever he's doing pictures for is saying, uh, uh, uh. That's I don't all even, I can think. I, it could be pressure from the studios, but it also, I mean, as you as you just said, there's a lot of big news organizations who right now are very down on Saudi Arabia. And so it's a much more of a, a bigger in the public mind situation than it was back earlier this year where he was out there being the, the, the mouthpiece of propaganda for the Saudi yeah. government. So yeah, I, it's a very different situation for him. Uh, than it was then. It's also notable that Finn Balor is not on the card anywhere, and I don't know if that's him taking a stance or if that's because they've kind of positioned him as the uh, LGBTQ ambassador for WWE uh, and the fact that they don't, they can't have that over there either. They don't want to have that presence be felt. So yeah. that's also notable. And also, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that that's the sort of that we're going to go take the money from someplace where you can't have a guy like Finn Balor come out in a multicolored, you know, the rainbow Balor shirt. So, and that's, that's me getting my, my politics and my opinions on the show here, but it is something that, you know, across the board, a lot of people are having a problem with WWE taking the Saudi Arabia money right now. So this is, I mean, if we continue down that, that through line, you were going down, it's even been announced that Renee Young is set to commentate during this thing, and I'm I'm sitting there going, how is this possible? If none of the female super, is she going to be in the 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 beekeeper outfit, the the hijab or whatever the the outfits that they wear? She'll probably be. I, pretty how well is she going to even get in the country? Well, so it's not like women aren't allowed in the country, or that they're not allowed to perform. You know, as uh, actually Dave Meltzer pointed out. That uh, you know the Russian circus was there recently, and they had women that were allowed to perform. It's not like women are illegal in the country, um, but, <laughs> okay. I, but the problem is, is I, I worry that they're going to make this out to be a big deal. Look, the, this time we got Renee on the show. Aren't we great? Aren't we being progressive? Where it really isn't that progressive to have her on the show. It's going to be. Uh, it'll be nice to actually have a female voice on the show where there's no other female presence. But it doesn't mean. Like just, you know, taking a crumb doesn't mean that there's a whole bunch of bread being left off the table. So I I don't really rate that that highly, uh, although I am glad that she's going to be allowed to commentate. The other thing that's that's interesting is reports are that our good buddy Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan will be hosting the event. So it's kind of like... If w- what does that even mean? If w- it means it's going to come out and be like, well, brother, I'm happy to be here in Saudi Arabia back with the WWE, brother, brother. So it's, yeah, it's with the Hulk Hogan thing. I just, I kind of like shook my head and my jaw dropped the floor because didn't we just like, we're, we're still raw about the whole Hulk, Hulk Hogan thing him not wanting a black guy to date his daughter. And I, yeah. I, I, I use terminology that would have been way more polite than the terminology he used and was caught on tape using. So it's kind of like WWE is just throwing all of its controversy in one bucket at one time. Let's just go. If we're going to go, we're going to go all in. We're going to go once. down swinging. <laughs> Woo, boy, we're not, that's not even – they're swinging for the fences. Holy crap. Yeah, no, that's going to be really weird. And if – 
I saw a joke posted online. What's going to happen if Bobby Lashley wins the World Cup now and Hulk Hogan has to present him with the trophy? Oh, man. What if the trophy is Hogan's daughter? Anyway, okay, moving on. The wow. bo- the, bo- the bottom line is, is that this is just going to be a massively controversial show. And I don't know about you, Nick. I've had... I've I've laid awake at night wondering if we should even be covering it. Like that's the kind of heat that it has on it. Um, we are going to cover it because I've already paid my nine ninety nine for the network. The WWE already has my money, and there are people out there who aren't going to watch the show who are going to want to know what happens, and that's what we're here for. Uh, so it's not like I'm paying the Saudis directly, but it does it does still kind of stick in my craw. Well, the last thing I'll say here is that when was the last time you heard anything The Undertaker did or said get booed? Uh, yeah, you're talking about so the John Oliver segment where he actually pointed out the fact that Undertaker came out and uh, you know, everyone's chanting Taker, Taker, Taker. Uh, Arguably the most prolific figure ever in professional wrestling. One of the most legendary comes figures. Comes out and gets booed the minute he says Crown Jewel. Well, it, the fact that the audience flipped on him. They went from going under, everyone in the entire play is Undertaker, and then he goes, a Crown Jewel. Boo! Boo! Oh, and it just, they turned <laughs> so hard. That's, I mean, whoa. Yeah, this is gonna be a train wreck and a shit show. <laughs> and I'm, I am. You ask me why I'm tuning in. That's why. I'll tell because you. Because yeah. that's that's it, man. I hate everything that taking our beloved WWE to this place represents. Yep. And I, we, it's just going to be a train wreck, and we're going to move past it and not talk about oh, it. Well, I'm again. looking forward to doing our recap show and just basically, and I can't see any other outcome but us just eviscerating this show. Yeah. Come our recap episode. Obviously, you and I both one of the one of the core beliefs we have for this show is to keep an open mind about everything. We can we can absolutely be wrong. We're not a show that just is going to automatically assume that everything WWE does is bad like some podcasts out there. Uh, we do want to go into this with a with a basically positive attitude. But it's really hard with everything that they've set up with this crown jewel to go in with a positive attitude. I'm just going to say that right now. Yep. Um, so I don't want to jinx it. We may come away and be like, that was a decent show. It's too bad it was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I doubt that's going to happen. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is that possibility, and I'm leaving that out there. So, uh, Folks, this is your captain speaking. Uh, look, light them up because we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a plane crash train wreck all rolled oh, into one. Oh, Lord. And I, I, frankly, I can't wait to see how terrible it unfolds. Well, we, it's going to be we bad. Will, we will see. We will see how much propaganda they actually do on the show because that yeah. will be a very bad look for the company if they do the kind of propagandizing that they did back in whatever it was, April or May, if they do yeah. it again here and then there's tape of that out there so the people like John Oliver or the New York Times or whatever other store, source can be like, wow, WWE, really? This is what you're going to put well, out? So. Keep in mind, that was Jeddah. That was not the capital city. Riyadh. Jeddah, re- this time we're in Riyadh, the home of the Crown Royal family and, and all of a lot of that stuff. So, again, we'll get off the politics soapbox. I'm interested to see how the dynamic is different in Riyadh versus Jeddah that we had earlier well, this year, if anything. But and the dynamic, I'm keeping an open eye about that. And the different dynamic between you know how everything, we, people were irritated with the idea of WWE taking Saudi Arabian money and putting on a show with no women, as opposed to now, where it looks like the Saudi Arabian government openly murdered and dismembered a man True. because he was a journalist and talking smack about them. So it's a bit of a different situation now. 
a different dynamic indeed. Uh, but in order to discuss more of the dynamics that will lead us to that show, we do got to get into the guts of our show and head on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. You remember that wrestler that was in uh, Spider-Man? I think his name was Bonesaw. All right, I'm done making shitty jokes. Uh, let's go over and talk about uh, the feud between Seth and Dean. Was that a joke? This continues to heat up. Was that even a joke? I don't even know. They used a bone. They used a bone saw to dismember the journalist. Oh no, Nick! No, no, bone saw is not ready. Let's. Jesus Christ! Just because Monday came out of Monday Night Raw came out of Charlotte, North Carolina, does not mean you get to make horrible, horrible jokes like that. Yes, All let's right. talk about Seth and Dean. Okay, so that. <laughs> oh. Seth and Dean was the big story from last week. Dean turned on Seth finally uh, and uh, turned his back on the shield and turned his back on his brothers. And we didn't really have a whole lot about it this week. It was just basically Seth coming to the ring, calling Dean out, having Dean not come down the ramp, but show up in the position that the shield usually comes out of uh, up in the audience, stand there glowering silently while Seth got more and more mad at him and started hurling more and more epithets at him, asking him, why? Why would you do this, Dean? And then Dean just walked away when, uh, when Seth tried to run up when there. When Seth started him. to go up yeah. there. I-, I wanted to hear Dean go on a rant uh, about, and we still might get this at some point. I wanted to hear him go on a rant like, I never forgot how you turned on us three or four years ago. I never forgot all of that. Just to, you know, you put yourself above the team, above the brotherhood, above the shield. I, I wanted to hear something like that. But I'm wondering if there's a little too much stone cold kind of stuff going around with Becky right now that 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 would kind of put him in that kind of justifiable healy but over with the fans kind of position again. He's a little we, bit. We'd there. have all of that going on. He's a little bit there where he's he's got that a little bit more of an edge now to yep. him. But uh, it's honestly he didn't have to say a thing because Seth said all that stuff that you just said. Seth just yep. he, he just he just Dean stood there and let Seth bury himself essentially here by saying, "Well, I mean, I know I stabbed you in the back, but when I did it, at least I did it to your back, and then explain myself later. Why can't you explain yourself to me now?" He said all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, I, I like this. This was a good way to build towards whatever's coming. Obviously, I think the two of them are going to be in a feud for a while. They have enough. Oh yeah, they have enough uh, grist for this mill to last a while. They didn't even have to do anything beyond having Seth talk for a few minutes and having Dean walk away. I thought it. I I, I like that. I like the fact that Dean stayed quiet here. I like that he didn't say anything. It added that mysterious. Uh, he reacted enough to certain things that we can read into it. It kept an air of mystery. I liked it a lot. What I didn't like was that neither of them had the damn tag belts. And I, I oh, for yeah. two reasons, I think they should have had the tag belts. One, because it pushes that aspect of the story that now they have to work together somehow to defend those belts. And two, because they're the goddamn tag belts. And someone on Monday Night Raw should be having those tag belts and bringing them out and defending them. And I don't care if you have a story about Seth and Dean involved with the tag belts. You have to then have that be apparent when they're out there talking. And if you're not going to have it on an actual tag team, then you should at least point out the fact that those tag belts exist. Otherwise, it devalues them even more than they've already been devalued in the last year. <sighs> yeah, put them back on the B team, you know? No, no. At least they would be on. At least they were on TV uh, every week. Uh, yeah, I, at least at least the B team are a tag team, and they did have a couple of good matches with like the revival and stuff. But yeah. it's still like I, I just watching NXT this week, and they were talking on NXT about 
how stacked their tag division is. Yep. And it is from top to bottom. Even the enhancement guys are ridiculous world-class talent. And you've got guys on Monday Night Raw who are ridiculous world-class talents, and they're just languishing off in the lowest of the low cards or on main event, uh, and they're not doing anything with them. And nope. you've got belts, and you haven't really put these belts to any kind of use other than to enhance your top-level feud, and it didn't even really bring anything to that feud. So I, uh, it's kind of a running theme of 2018, isn't it? A little bit. And it's and it is frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> it's really obviously by by my rant. Uh, but so I'm, that's that's my 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 mini rant over. Uh, I wish they'd brought out the tag belts. I, I have no doubt they'll get the belts back involved with this feud pretty soon, because obviously that's that's something that they want to have be a center point of this feud. But I also can't wait for them to get the damn belts off of Seth and Dean and just let them feud over the IC title and get the belts back on a tag team that can defend it as a tag team. Well, speaking of tag teams, uh, one of the special events that we had in Melbourne was Triple H versus Undertaker now is being built to DX versus Undertaker and Kane. So we had Undertaker and Kane spend about half an hour getting to the ring, um, and I'm not sure if that's because of their inability to walk upright or if it just takes that long now, which uh, I'm guessing it's that. But Undertaker came up the stairs, did his lift his hands to turn the lights up, and then they immediately cut the lights back off. Did you notice that? Oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. Uh, what, what was that? <laughs> I oh, Sorry. Oh, oh God. This, this. So, yes, we get yet another segment with Undertaker and Kane uh, facing off against DX. And, you know, I'm just... So this, I don't want to repeat this, everything I said last week, but I'm bored. <laughs> These are not the people I want to be bored well, with. Well, at least there was some action this week. You had, uh, you know, Taker and Kane give another typical uh, speech of theirs. And, uh, and then out comes Triple H on the stage. DX music hits. And uh, Shawn Michaels ambushes them from behind. Super kick to Undertaker. Taker sits up. Okay, so they got a little physical before this match. I, I still, like you said, I just don't, I don't. This is awful. This is an awful feud, and I, I I hate that four of my favorite wrestlers are of all time are involved in this, and I'm not excited about it. And it's nope. whether well it's, said whether it's the presentation, whether it's the lack of any kind of discernible heat for it, whether it's the fact that they're for the most part, as you said, just too old to be doing this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not excited about this at all. I'm not excited about the fact. That you know as well as I do, this match is getting at least half an hour to forty-five minutes at the uh, at yeah. the show. Uh, not because they can go that long, but because that's just how long they want to tell the story. And so they'll how long be, it'll take them to get to the ring, well, and that, they have about a ten-minute match too. That, no, I think the match is going to go for a <laughs> while because you know a couple yeah. of these guys can go. Kane can still kind of work a match. Taker can do a little bit of stuff. Triple H is going to be the workhorse here. So I think so is uh, uh, Shawn Michaels. So I think there'll they'll be a lot of business that they do. If you look at what they did in Melbourne, for example, you had uh, Shawn and Triple H bumping all over the place for Undertaker and Kane, and they got to do a lot of stuff by just being creative. But at the same time, it made it really, really dull because you can yeah. tell that they're just filling time with stuff because some of the guys can't work at how they used to. I just, I don't want to see this. I don't. I, I, there's a certain point at which guys need to ride off into the sunset and not try to do matches uh, at the level that they used to. And I think we're there. I, I think Shawn Michaels could come back and do some interesting stuff, like like how Triple H does every once in a while. Triple H can still wrestle; he can still go. I don't. His oh, yeah. style, his style is lumbering, 
but it's still he can work a damn match. And I think Shawn Michaels can too. And to a certain extent, if used properly, so can Kane. But Undertaker's best days, I'm sad to say, are far, far behind him. And part of what made Undertaker special was how intimidating he was and how athletic he was for his size and for this big, this big scary dude. So having him out there looking like an old man just kills that. It, it kills that mystique about the Undertaker. You know what always freaked me out more than Undertaker? Uh, Paul Bearer. To me, that's oh, what, and I'm going to say this. Nick. I'm going to admit this. Oh, he scared you. Oh, God, don't do it. Oh, oh we're past Halloween, oh. but it's giving me chill bumps. Don't do it. Him <laughs> and his little urn carrying it out there and controlling the Undertaker. Oh, my that, I would, Undertaker. I would fight me. That was more creepy than any Undertaker entrance ever yeah. or him rolling his eyes back into his head. That was, to me, that was, after that, and once we got into Biker Taker, I was that's where I lost. Yeah, I my... also was not a fan of the American Badass Taker. I was not a fan. Yeah. I was not a fan. It, I, I liked the fact that it let him loosen up on a lot of things, and there was a lot yeah. of good bits with him while he was Biker Taker. But yeah, and I was also I also really didn't like Lord of Darkness Taker either, where he went completely like satanic. I agree. I, you know what I mean? I, I, I also like like early 90s Taker with Paul Bearer. That's some of my favorite stuff. I, him him yep. and Mankind going at it. That's my favorite era of Taker, frankly. Yep. So, uh, and then also when he came back in the 2000s, but, you know, and went, went like OG Taker. But, uh, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of good stuff with Taker's history. Uh, this, is, this is not it. This is not it. Um, I, frankly, would have preferred he stay retired after the Roman Reigns match, if not before. And that's hard for me to say because, you know, in hindsight, I'm looking back at that and there's a lot of stuff I was excited about. And now I just, I'm not anymore. I'm not excited to see Taker because it's, it's just painful to watch. Well, we opened up the show uh, Monday night with Baron Corbin standing in the middle of the ring (laughs) with the universal championship Uh, over his shoulder. I loved this. And I thought this was a brilliant way to open the show because shortly after he got done patting himself on the back and saying how good he looks with it on his shoulder, Brock Lesnar's music hits, and out comes the. That beast. was a shocker, and I, I, I'll admit, I popped a little bit. I did. I was, I was, I was like, okay, yeah, all right, I too. I was like, that's a good way to open it. <laughs> Again, it made. It, I love what it did to Corbin's for for Corbin's character to be out there. First thing they show this long emotional piece about Roman Reigns laying down the belt, going and dealing with leukemia, you know, like a long video package, and then they they cut to Baron Corbin in the ring just smugly smiling with the belt over his shoulder and saying, yeah, yeah, you know, Roman was a pain in my ass. I'm not sad he's gone. And everyone's being like, boo, boo, you son of a... That was great for Corbin's character. But it definitely surprised yes. me when Brock came out. I'm like, holy crap, he actually, he's actually here. What a surprise. Uh, but it, it did make sense. They've got very little time to build excitement for Brock versus Braun one-on-one at Crown Jewel. Uh, and so this was, that's all this was, was Brock coming out, Paul telling Corbin to step aside, and, and Paul Heyman basically running down Braun Strowman until Braun came out. And we had some physicality with Braun taking out Corbin, of all people, because Corbin put his hands on him. And then Brock uh, F5-ing Braun. And walking away. So uh, I thought it was simple. I thought it was effective. It has taken some of the taste of this out of my mouth. Uh, I am curious to see what they do with this. If we have just, you know, a 10-minute typical Brock match or if we actually get a decent match here if something happens. But my only the only downside, I think you'll appreciate this as a Braun Strowman fan. Yep. I didn't like how this made Braun look like a complete idiot again. 
He comes down. So didn't the match uh, last year with Braun? Well, but this segment where you know he Corbin puts his hands on him, so Braun reacts, beats up Corbin while he's beating up Corbin. Brock lines him up and takes him out. It's like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> what? Yep. You kind of you walked into that Braun, you big dumb oaf. Like that's it didn't make him look good. I'll put it that no, way. No, there is a certain for for a big man and and for his strength and all of that stuff, it did make him look a little bit like a doofus. Yeah. Braun is kind of, you know, he's typically pretty smart, he's fast, he's intelligent in the ring. So this was a new thing for me as well, and this is not me kind of marking for Braun, it's just more of a I agree with your observation. This this is not a a thing that Braun seems like he would do. No, and every once in a while, I I, I would actually say even more than that, they do make Braun look a bit oafish. Uh, which is yeah. a difficult, which is which is a dangerous thing when you have the big guys. Sometimes that's very easy to do, um, is to make them just look lumbering and dumb. Uh, and there's been times in in Braun's history where he's shown intelligence in his character, and those have been some of the most engaging and interesting parts uh, in his history. So I yeah, I would like to see more of that and less of this. But again, a tiny nitpick. Overall, this did make the match that's coming up more exciting we all kind of like all right well i guess it is it is what it is i thought they were going to put drew mcintyre in it but I, and apparently that was floated backstage but that yeah. didn't uh, materialize it would have made sense but i'm glad they didn't for reasons i won't regurgitate from last week but it was I, i'm i'm excited yeah. that we're getting to see one-on-one beast versus monster whatever the outcome may be i can't fathom the fact that they're going to try and put this on brock again which probably tells me that they're going to put it on brock again and I just I want to see are we going to see a real match or are like you yep. said going to get a ten minute Brock Lesnar match? We will find out. F five one F five and done. You know that's going to be silly. Yep. Well, one real match we got this week was uh, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley again, and I was surprised given the fact that they they love their fifty fifty booking in WWE. I thought Lashley was going to win this one. He didn't. Uh, Finn looked like he was getting the upper hand, and so Leo Rush. Uh, shut up for once and ran in and pushed Finn off the top rope and caused the DQ, after which Bobby Lashley beat the crap out of Finn. So that was interesting, is that they've got Finn going over Lashley on a regular basis. And like I said last week, that makes me wonder what they have in store for Finn, if they're trying to build him back up at all, or if this is just a storytelling way of getting Lashley over eventually by having him ultimately come back and, and beat Finn with, uh, by using, yes. using Leo Rush in a more devious way. And we now know that Bobby Lashley will be subbing in for John Cena in the Best in the World World Cup at Crown Jewel uh, tomorrow, which is interesting to me because didn't Finn Balor beat him two weeks in a yeah, row? But yeah, but that, the storyline where they did it was that K- Corbin liked how Lashley beat up Finn after the match, and so as a reward, he kicked out John Cena and put Lashley in instead because what has Cena done to deserve this match? Which, of course, is the kind of logic that has always worked with John Cena. Uh, what has he done to deserve this match? He shouldn't be in this match. That, that's never worked with John Cena. He's always been in matches he didn't earn. That was part of it. Like, people were frustrated with him for a while. Anyway, this, yeah, obviously logic went right out the window. They just had to make something happen real quick. Whatever. Doesn't really matter. Lashley's in for Cena. Fine. That's a fine substitute. Obviously, Lashley, sure. Lashley is, you know. Arguably better. Maybe. You know. Maybe in some, in some ways. In some ways, he's well. Better. We know exactly what we're getting out of a Cena spot monkey appearance in a in a tournament like this. So I'm happy that we're going to get Lashley in there as a big bruiser. You didn't want you, know? you didn't want to see Cena's sixth move of doom again, Nick. 
I'm no, I didn't shocked. want to see his uh, speech thanking the royal family again <laughs> after the match. Maybe they'll give it to Lashley this time. That'll be creepy because uh, he's, uh, he's so good on the mic. Uh, yeah, right. so uh, fine. Lashley's in. Uh, he'll be facing uh, Seth Rollins in the first round. So uh, that'll <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> Can't even beat Finn Balor. You're going up against right. Seth. Uh, we also had a 10-woman tag match. On this Monday Night Raw, this was unexpected. I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming, uh, and this was this was when they started talking about evolution. Was when uh, we had it was Trish and Lita with Bailey and Sasha Banks and Natalia versus the Riot Squad with Mickey James and Alicia Fox, and I, this was basically just a I thought kind of a fun spot fest. It was just all the ladies yeah. getting their moves in, letting Trish and Lita get some some more love while they're while they almost killed herself again. Oh yeah yeah. We, we, we've, we, man, I love some Lita. I, I just want to be clear about that before I say what I'm about to say. Please stop letting her wrestle. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm worried she is going to do, she is going to miss one of those Lita salts, and it's just, uh, we're going to have to watch her snap her neck on live she was, TV. And yeah. I'm, I'm just, just, please stop. She was trying to do the Team Extreme leap off of Trisha's back uh, into the corner at the one point. And I couldn't tell if she was. <laughs> Trying to, she did. She botched the leap. She didn't get very high because she didn't really leap off of Trish. It's more like she stomped her in the back. Like I couldn't tell if she was trying to do an offensive <laughs> move on Trish or actually try to jump. Uh, yeah, a little bit of ring rust there, but whatever. This was just a fun yeah. match. Uh, it was a way to get all the ladies on TV and talk about evolution a little bit, say that it happened and so forth. So yeah, this, I didn't mind this. This was just a fun little, a fun segment, and it was fun to see all these women working together. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't it was know. fun to see the the stratisfaction again. The, the that running bulldog, springboard bulldog that she yeah. does. That was a lot of fun to see. That was a, oh, I, I remember that move. This is good nostalgia right here. That's what we're saying. Yeah, it's good nostalgia, not the bad nostalgia. Great, great way to get all the ladies on TV. Great, you know, encore for evolution from the night before. Yep. It's it fine. T- yeah. I I enjoyed this more than and I it thought was. I would, yeah, but. it was enjoyable. Exactly. Good way yeah. of putting it. Uh, speaking of. Uh, the bad, the the good kind of nostalgia. Excuse me, the good kind of nostalgia. <laughs> Kurt Angle is also in the World Cup, and he's facing Dolph Ziggler. Well, Ziggler came out to talk big game about how Kurt's time is done, and Ziggler is the man, and he was going to show everybody that by facing Apollo Cruz, which is kind of like kicking a puppy these days. So, well, right. yeah, I, I I feel like Cruz is still kind of lost. Like he got pulled up too early from NXT before really defining what his character was. And as, as a result, yeah. ever since, he's just been kind of circling around with Titus Worldwide for a while. Now he's got nothing. Doesn't even, at least Titus Worldwide was a little bit of something. Uh, he's got yeah. nothing now. Now they don't even bother coming out with him anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he quit. I, I, I will say he this. He and this Dana is why quit. Ziggler... He, he, he and Dana quit Titus Worldwide. They're no longer a thing. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, well that I didn't. You've been I, mo- I'm behind on that. You've been moving to Charlotte. It's okay. We'll forgive you. Woo. Okay. Uh, so the thing I liked about this is how he came out and said a lot of the things that we all think about Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist. He put he he modernized and put uh, amateur wrestling on the map. Mm-hmm. You know, which led to you know guys like Dolph and you know you could argue Brock and people like that that were really really successful in collegiate amateur wrestling, NCAA wrestling. You know, and then just proceeds to just put himself completely up above where Kurt Angle is. I I really like Dolph on the mic. He's always, always been, been one of my favorites, uh, and and he's just he's really good at kind of storytelling like that and just flipping on a dime. Well, uh, so I I'm, I loved this segment. I thought it was fantastic. Drew didn't really have anything to do. Nah. He was just kind of standing there hanging out, looking 
you know, uh, ominous. <laughs> but <laughs> waiting as he does, well, as he does, as he's good at doing. Uh, the one thing is a seven foot Scotsman. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, I. Yeah. So what I liked about this is it pointed out something that I really hadn't put my I hadn't wrapped my brain around before the segment, and that is we got Kurt Angle going going against Dolph Ziggler, two fantastic amateur wrestlers. This actually has made me more excited for their face off than anything else on this show. All of a sudden, I went, yeah. wait a minute, these guys could actually go blow it out here and really put on a, a good match. This could make Kurt look really good going against Dolph. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. What, what if they pulled the regular squared circle out and put down a a, um, a mat with the, the the amateur wrestling circle on it, and just they both come out in singlets, and we get it. I'm I'm fantasizing at this point, but man, can you imagine those two guys going at it in their equivalent primes uh, in a circle? Just amazing. both wearing the headgear. I, I I hope that we get that kind of match from. These I hope guys. so too. We probably won't. It'll be very WWE, but as long as it has a little bit of flavor of that. I'm I'm all in. Uh, so there's oh, other yeah. stuff that also happened on the show. You might have missed it if you only watched the Hulu edition. El- Elias Elias is officially a face now. He uh, he went and he's now feuding with Corbin and Jinder Mahal. He was trying to get his hands on Corbin and Jinder ended up punting him. And so uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, so no, so he's working Jinder and Jinder is you know he's the Healy heel where no one cheers him. So anyone facing him is going to get cheered. Uh, so yeah, they're definitely positioning Elias as a face, which I think is an interest. Huh. It is really an interesting development uh, that Elias is no longer their heat magnet guy. And I'm kind of wondering. It, it, it was wasn't it about three weeks ago that he came out with Kevin Owens and was burning down Seattle over the Super Burning it down, man. He that building was on fire for hours afterwards. <laughs> well, and maybe that was his like last great hurrah as a heel because let's face it. They're looking at how over he is with that walk with Elias thing, and they're seeing maybe some merch with him. They're looking at his album sales. While a heel, his album sold however much a ton, tons of copies. So they're looking at him and seeing money, I think. Uh, let's make this guy a face. The problem is, is people, he got over being a heel that people can cheer. So as long as, as, long as he doesn't lose that edge to him, I think they might have something here. But if they make him a full-on face... They might be they might be losing out on what made him special. Looks like we're about to see. Uh, looks it. like we're about so to. Let's see what we, happens. Fingers we crossed. Go find out. Also, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are still working Ascension. Although at least this time it was a triple threat between them, Ascension, and AOP. Um, was pretty much a, a nothing. It was a fun, but it was kind of a nothing match. They did defeat Ascension via pinfall, but at the end of the day, at least I'm happy they're on Raw. They're getting time on Raw. They're not on main event yet. They're not down there with Mojo Raleigh, but. Man, uh, there's better things should be happening for all of these guys. Yeah, uh, we also saw Nia Jax and Ember Moon have a match. They've had that kind of off again, on again. Sasha and Bailey kind of friendship going on, and they had a, a bit of a scrum going on on ev- an evolution in the women's battle royale there. So this is kind of a fallout from that. What was interesting is I can't quite tell if they're trying to position Nia as turning heel again because obviously over the summer when she faced Ronda Rousey, she did a sharp turn from being the babiest of baby faces at WrestleMania and uh, all about po- body positivity and bull- anti-bullying. And then she went a hard left turn into bully land really quickly for that that uh, feud with Ronda, that brief feud with Ronda over the summer. So I'm wondering, looking at this match, if they're having her go heel again to face Ronda again. But at the end, she had a, a stare down with Tamina. 
after she beat uh, after, after she beat Ember Moon. She how does Tamina figure into that's all? That's what this? I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. I, I huh. Tamina's back and all that. Maybe they. I mean, they had that spot at Evolution where the two of them stared down and the crowd was into it. And uh, at first, they were staring each other down at Evolution, and then they both went hooah as a little tribute to their cousin Roman Reigns, and then laid waste to all the other women in the ring. And then at the end, ended up fighting each other because you, you know they were the, like the last four, I think. So I don't know right. if Tamina is going to be a heel to Nia or if there's if they're going to be like a team, if Tamina and Nia are going to team up and make her even more of a threat to Ronda. I don't know. That would make more sense. It would, and that could be very entertaining and interesting. As, as, Samoan sisters kind of thing, you know, I, I could I'm see that. I'm thinking back to Stone Cold and the Brothers of Destruction in 98, sure. 99, whatever that was, where, you know, that's one way to make a baby face look really good is have them face insurmountable odds, like a pair of large, angry Samoan women. Uh, in the case of Ronda Rousey, you know, Ronda proves she can beat yep. Nia one on one. Well, what about two on one, Ronda? When, when, if Nia has a heater working for her. So, yeah, I could see that. That could be fun. I, I wouldn't mind that yep. if they decided to go that direction. Uh, and then one last thing Lucha House Party from 205 Live. Of course, that's Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado. They debuted on Monday Night Raw. They came out. What? They came out. Well, it was only, it was only Lince Dorado and, uh, and Kalisto because. Uh, Grand Metalik was working a match over on 205 Live. But uh, yeah, they had a match with Revival. They beat Revival pretty quickly and pretty easily. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you think this is the right call to have Lucha House Party come up to Raw right now where there's really nothing going on with the tag division? I think, I mean... Uh, I think they were doing f- just fine down on 205 Live. Did they really need to come up here in, in the wasteland of tag, uh, tag wrestling? No, that's the Ascension. That's uh, the Ascension in the wasteland. Just point just oh, point well, that okay. out. Well, they could join they could join the Ascension <laughs> in the wasteland that is the Raw Tag right, Division. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's the right call. I'm happy to see these guys get some live TV time on the the main show, the A show. But at the same time, I'm sitting over here going as a huge revival mark. I'm going really, yeah. God, who did the Revival piss off backstage? Because they are so good. I mean, they're two-time NXT Tag Champions. What are they doing slumming it down at the bottom of the Raw Tag yeah, Division the, if they even get on there Last anymore? year in NXT, they were in two of the top matches of the year uh, uh, across all brands. And now, but at least, uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've... You're you're more of a two hundred five and a lucha house party guy than me. What are your thoughts on on them showing up on Monday? I'm Night nervous. Raw? I'm very nervous. They're a lot of fun. I I, I wonder if Vince looked at them and said, uh, uh, "Oh, hey, you want to get some Latino flavor uh, on the show?" And they you know they love to spin the little uh, sound makers and everything. And I don't know. I, they, they are definitely good at getting an audience hyped, but I don't know if I mean again. I, it's it's commerce versus art obviously i think they're, they're gonna yeah. put better matches on over on 205 live but they have much more exposure and much more potential uh, on monday night raw so i can see both sides of it it's a wait and see thing we'll see how they're used we'll, yeah. we'll see how they're used is what it really comes down to as it was with everything everyone who comes up from nxt everyone who changes brands we will see how they are used i, I think they've got potential to be like a, a latino new day sort of element you know they have fun they've got the noisemakers i like the little gimmick with the pinata with somebody's face on it you know i yeah that stuff i i really dig and there's some new day-esque kind of comedy stuff in there but when they get in the ring they can they can freaking oh, god go. 
Lindsay and Dorado is one of I love watching woo, Lindsay Dorado wrestle. Grand Metal League, too, when he really gets going, man. Oh, my yeah. God, is he good. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but there's another aspect, another, another, ooh, how shall I put it? A bit of a conspiracy theory I'm working on, or like a, a, a possible Uh-oh. thing that might be happening in my, in, my, in my head with Lucha House Party on Monday Night Raw. But we can't talk about that yet because we, to, to be able to talk about that, we first have to go talk about SmackDown Live. Well, of course, we opened up SmackDown Live in Atlanta, Georgia, Hotlanta, with none other than Gainesville's own AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. You think he was? O- you think he Woo! was over? Yeah, I, he got a small pop uh, <laughs> when he came out. It was it was a, it was a tempered audience. Yeah, no, no, he got on. a huge ovation coming out in 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 Hotlanta, and they kept promoting Hotlanta, Atlanta, Hot. They did a really good job making this crowd feel at home. And having your WWE champion be from Georgia uh, is this. It probably contributed. A it great doesn't deal. hurt none. It also didn't hurt that at the top of the show, uh, we were wondering how they were going to write Daniel Bryan off of Crown Jewel if they were if they were right. going to do that. Well, they showed us how pretty quick because Daniel Bryan came out to the ring. He and AJ got into it, got face to face, and so they wanted to go right then, right there. Did not want to wait for Crown Jewel, and Shane McMahon came out. And he said, you know, usually when this kind of thing happens, we say, well, well, save it for the show. Oh, no, this is SmackDown Live. We're going to do it right now. What? So, obviously, you know. <laughs> WrestleMania dr- caliber dream match. Obviously. Ah, let's just do it on TV. Well, if, you, if Daniel Bryan doesn't want to work Crown Jewel, what you going to do? That's what you got to do is just have it happen right there, right then. And frankly, you know, it's sad that this is the kind of reason that they need to have this kind of thing happen because it was really exciting to all of a sudden, oh, crap, we're going to do this right now. That was really exciting. And it was a really good match. Yeah, I stood up and went, what? Not surprisingly, a really good match. It was fantastic. Uh, and I, as you said, you know, they only got, what, 15 minutes on SmackDown. That kind of yeah. sucks. But at the same time, it, it made me salivate for a really a full feud. And it was a, a, a very classic worked match as far as, you know, Daniel Bryan targeting AJ's arm. Uh, AJ targeting Daniel's leg and then just who was going to have more damage and could get the submission going first. It was a you know classic submission as a finisher match, which leads us to the finish of the match, which is after working Daniel's leg all match and Daniel putting on some incredible counters in the middle of the ring. AJ counters into the calf crusher and Daniel Bryan taps out in the middle of the ring. This was huh. one of my favorite matches that I've seen all year. It leaves me salivating. I, I was salivating at this all year kind of leading up to it when we were teasing The Miz and Daniel Bryan and then knowing that one of them would end up facing AJ Styles. Well, we ended up with uh, Daniel Bryan getting that opportunity. But, man, I, I thought we would carry this to Survivor Series or something, some kind of main event-esque at a pay-per-view kind of match, a good 20-plus minute match. But, but God, this was a great preview, and I hope they continue this. Well, we'll see. These two guys are just phenomenal, no pun intended, in the mm. ring together. No it's doubt. so good. Uh, well, but, the, but here's the thing is that that leads me to, to what I was kind of talking about. Daniel Bryan tapped out in the middle of this ring, and you know it's debatable whether or not he was protected enough. You usually don't have your top guys tap out. No. So... One wonders, you know, WWE does have a history of pettiness, and if someone does something they don't like, they tend to publicly humiliate them or punish them. 
And this smelled a little bit of that to me was you don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. You want to give up on us. We're going to make you give up in the middle of the ring, Daniel. And then the question becomes, is, is, does he have heat for this? Will he then now be out of the title picture when they come back from Crown Jewel heading into Survivor Series? Obviously, they're not going to have a title match at Survivor Series. That's champion versus champion. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Daniel Bryan is out of the title picture or if he gets pushed down the card after Crown Jewel or what happens to him. And if WWE decides to be petty about this, about him standing up for his beliefs, or if this is just a one-off and their way of writing him out of the title picture for now. They did they did hug and shake after the match, which leads us to believe that they might be done for now. That and the fact that they were both attacked by freaking Samoa Joe out of nowhere. So that might also be but then you know so Joe got put into the match where Daniel Bryan was supposed to be. He's he's now facing yeah. AJ Styles again for the title. He called it their final chapter in a promo later in the show, which leads me to think it's a one-off for Joe. We're just doing this again real quick. Joe stepping in kind of like how Finn uh, stepped in or AJ stepped in for the Finn Balor Bray Wyatt match and last I year. I thought Joe was injured. So this was a bit of a shock to me. I, I didn't I thought he had a light injury that he was nursing uh, and wasn't going to make it to Crown Jewel, but all of a sudden out of nowhere he attacked him on Tuesday night. So well, I was this caught me off guard. We'll see how we'll see how he works the match. He also I mean there's injured and there's injured. You know, there's Sami Zayn out for nine months. Are you months hurt injured. or are you injured? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And and a lot of guys work hurt. I mean, right now, Bobby Lashley is working with a separated shoulder. So, yeah. you know, we don't know what – I don't know off the top of my head what Samoa Joe's injury is. Um, and it's possible for him to be able to work injured. And we might be able to tell by the match that like he has with AJ, like how he how he's working. Uh, and then maybe he goes away for a month or two afterwards just to kind of heal up whatever it is. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said uh, when we were in the big news segment. You were talking about how Daniel Bryan had, you know, staked his his opinion and his thoughts, and how he was pulling out of Crown Jewel even before the um, the incident to. happened at the Turkish consulate, right? Yeah. Didn't we have the Miz versus Daniel Bryan for the number one contender after that? Yeah, and he was. Uh, no, that was before. The consulate incident. Before the consulate. So if he was already trying to pull out of Crown Jewel, why would they have moved forward with him getting that number one contendership rather than The Miz? I'm, I'm a little bit confused on timeline here and why they would have moved forward on Daniel if he had already made it clear that he didn't want to go. Well, so from what I understand, he had expressed that he did not want to do the show, but they were like, sorry, dude, you're doing the show. And then once everything happened with the consulate, he really dug his heels in, is from what I understand, how, okay. how, the, how the timeline went, yeah. is that he was already uncomfortable, uncomfortable with it, uh, but was just kind of going along with it, but then really, also because they were saying, like, we'll give you a title shot at the show, man. You can do a title yeah. shot. And then he's dug in his heels after that, and then here we are with now Samoa Joe stepping in to replace him. Uh, I'm never mad at an AJ Styles Samoa Joe match. So, nope. if as replacements go, uh, all right, uh, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> could be a lot worse. And they did just come off a pretty nice hot feud, so they still have something to work with here. It, it's, yeah. I think it's as the best thing that they could have done. I yeah. can't think of anybody else who would have stepped in as 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 perfectly as that. Uh, speaking of hot feuds, Becky and Charlotte. Woo! Looks like Becky and Charlotte are done for now. Becky did come out to the ring with her title and the first thing she said was i won i won i'm the man i'm the man i am the man wearing that shirt she's wearing the shirt i am the man she came out and said i won uh she so yeah so now 
It was announced this week on Raw and then dealt with on SmackDown that Becky Lynch, as the SmackDown champion, as you would expect, will be facing the Raw champion, Ronda Rousey, at Survivor Series. Whew. Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> it'll, it'll be nice to see. All day. Uh, I, I can't wait to see Ronda work a match with someone who can actually work a match, for one thing. Uh, and for the other thing, I think that that's, that plays right into both of their wheelhouses. And the fact that we're basically going to have an arm bar off, which is... <laughs> Hello. Eh, less, it's, that's less exciting to me because I know they're going to really push that aspect of it. And that's going to be... Eh, I'd rather just see a match like don't who focus on... Who can get the arm bar first? Pretty much. Yeah, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, the one thing that I kind of stepped back and thought about was, oh, because I was really excited that Becky won, by the way, on Sunday in that last women's standing match. I was, I was like, I, was, I couldn't believe they did it. I was like, wow, they actually give I mean, the assist to uh, Mike Kyoto, by the way, <laughs> for holding Becky when she was trying to give the power. Right. He ca- he came out of that match with uh, I think three assists, like three or four. That's right. why that's why they had the senior official in that match you know, and not working the Ronda Rousey Nikki Bella match because right. that was the match where they needed the most experienced guy because they were going to do all kinds of crazy crap and they needed somebody who could handle it. That's why Mike Kyoto was there in yeah. the last women's standing match, the, but the one. The one shot of the final th- when when Becky won was the power bomb off the apron uh, through the table. That was the winning blow. Uh, but there's a shot that somebody picked up, I guess, from the crowd. They showed it on WWE. It- they showed it on SmackDown. <laughs> Mike Yoda is holding Becky Lynch's uh, outfit or singlet or whatever to keep her from as falling. she throws Charlotte off the apron. Yeah. Oh man, that was they showed. Come, that, that come when, on, guys. When they showed the recaps of Evolution, they showed that shot, and I was like. Uh, breaking the <laughs> breaking the story much there, guys. <laughs> Good God. Um, no, but what uh, what it made me think of, I was like, okay, cool. They let Becky win. They they are behind Becky. This is great. No, it's because they didn't want Charlotte and Ronda to happen at, at Survivor Series. If Charlotte you had won, think they're saving that for WrestleMania. Exactly, that's a WrestleMania match. So, so we're gonna have some kind of shakeup or or trade uh, of one of the two of them before we get to WrestleMania, or maybe we'll have a title versus title. Charlotte will get it back by WrestleMania, and it'll be you know Raw versus SmackDown, cool for who's the best. So, but that's a little disappointing because it's it shows that Charlotte is still the woman, which is fine. She deserves to be. She's she is really good. It's not. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, she's like Roman Reigns. It's like no, not exactly. It's not exactly the Roman. It's not. It's not apples for apples here. Yeah, but um, I do like the fact that we're getting Becky versus Ronda Rousey first, and so well, all around. Well, as speaking much as of Charlotte, like, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Charlotte, we did have a segment backstage where we're already making plans for Survivor Series. Oh yeah, and, and in this. Page backstage offered the role of ca- women's captain for the women's Survivor Series match at Survivor Series to Charlotte. Yep. And she turns it down. Because, yeah, because she was still feeling bad for herself over losing to Becky and feeling like she wasn't worthy. I think this is going to be an evolving story where Charlotte eventually comes back around that ends up being the captain of the team. Uh, and it's a nice little. little Do you think eh. that they're going to like give it to Carmella as some kind of goof and then she just completely botches everything and Charlotte just takes over and becomes the captain and wins it for SmackDown? No. You got one of those re- redemption things? No, because Carmella's a face now. So, it, you know, they, I don't. That's I think yeah. they had. Wasn't Carmella the captain last year? Yeah, I think she was. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So she, we've already had that angle, Nick. But <laughs> well, we don't we don't get to say first ever Survivor Series women's match this year. We we had that last year. That's right. So right. no, I think this will be a redemption story for Charlotte, and that and that's and that's fine. It'll be a good story going into it with her trying to you know recover from the whole Becky thing. So by the way, are we done with first ever women's things? Can we just call them women's matches from now oh, on? Oh no, they'll always find more. 
They'll always find <laughs> okay. more, Nick. They'll always. There's always. Okay. There's always more firsts. World firsts with the WWE. Uh, speaking of world firsts, we're having that World Cup for who the best in the world is. Somewhere CM Punk wants to sue. Uh, so yeah, they had. We had a couple of uh, announcements about that. We had a uh, tag match where it was uh, Randy Orton and The Miz versus Rey Mysterio and uh, Jeff Hardy. As yep. a little as a little preview of that match, which uh, which ended up with the Miz getting pinned, or no, excuse me, that and en- speaking of two thousand four, by the way, good <laughs> well, lord. Well, that's what that's what the World Cup is. Is it's a big uh, nostalgia thing. Speaking of nostalgia, yeah. So I mean, other than the Miz, I think all those guys were working back then, right? Yeah. So sorry, no, it was a um, the Miz got pinned. He got six one nine, and then Swantoned. And then he got pinned, yeah, and then, that was that was pretty beautiful, if I do say so. It was, myself, it was, that yeah, sequence. It was classic. But uh, but yeah. then, of course, Randy Orton RKO'd everybody, including the yeah. Miz, and stood tall to end the show um, because Viper. So the only interesting thing here, really, this was just an ex- exhibition match to get us primed for that. Shane had all four dudes backstage and said, "Look, I can't let Stephanie get one over on me, and I run a tight ship here." Uh, so whoever's in the finals against the person from Raw in the World Cup, if you lose, you're fired. Wow. Damn. Wow. No wonder Kevin Owens went to Raw. This is the kind of tyranny stuff that he was talking about, Shane. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> he just said that it's the land of opportunity. Everybody gets one. And if you don't, if you don't live up to the tight ship that he's running, you're out of you here. The, I have no problem You get the with opportunity this. to go to Raw. But no, so, sure. so fine. All right. All, all joking aside. Now, this is an interesting twist. Because if one of these four guys loses, okay, fired from SmackDown, we know means you're going to Raw. So that means we can right. look at any of these four guys and say, would any of these guys fit in on Raw? You know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. a, that's an interesting that's an interesting twist to this. Yeah, so. we could. Well, it'll be interesting to see how who how this develops. Because uh, it's almost as if the SmackDown person either has to win or they're going to run. Yeah. That's a good point. So we, we'll be doing our Crown Jewel pickums in a second here, and yep. we'll talk about that then. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about the Trick or Street fight with the new Brood. I mean, the New Day. Excuse me, the Brood Day. Oh, they played the Brood music, Nick. Yes, they played the I Brood music. The hell oh. out. They had the fangs. Oh, they had the the, the mysterious oh. red liquid, the viscous red liquid. Oh. No, they had uh, it all. I, I I marked the hell out for Gangrel all over again. Same. It's like it was it was two thousand three all over again, and I was just oh god yes. Uh, you had you had Biggie as Gangrel, you had Kofi as Christian, and you had Xavier Woods nailing the Edge impression with him laughing the whole way down the ramp uh, as we saw the Brood reform as the New Day. That this was man, talk about good nostalgia. This got me right in the nostalgia organ, whatever that is. Had they kicked Edge's, uh, 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 what is it? Oh, what's the name of the band? Miles, uh, what's his name? What? Alter Bridge. Oh. The, the, the uh, Edge's music by Alter Bridge. Oh, 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 gotcha. I see it clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, if they had kicked that and Edge had walked out after this match, I would have lost my shit. Well, we've already, but we've already, anyway. we've already scared Edge off of SmackDown Live ever since Becky took him to task, <laughs> so I don't think Edge was going to come out. Now, this is a typical kind of fun New Day segment. We had pump Jack Leonard's all around the ring, uh, and it was Big E versus Cesaro in a street fight uh, that was Halloween-themed. And it was just it was just a bunch of silliness. 
Uh, but it was awesome. But that's a, I don't. It was not silly. It was fantastic. Oh no no no! It's Cesaro piling up pumpkins in the middle of the ring and suplexing Big E, or I think it was a, a, a side slam or something. Cesaro into the uh, no, it was Big e, Cesaro big, uh, slamming Big E <laughs> into the jack o' lantern. It was so much chaos we can't even keep it straight. There was a lot of jack uh, uh, jack o' lantern destruction in this. Uh, yes. Big Show was out there that too. That shit has to hurt. I'm sorry. Pumpkins are heavy. Oh. I've been hit in the face with a pumpkin, a small pumpkin before. It sucks. Cesaro. I can't imagine what this felt like. Dude, Cesaro had a big gash on his side, like from from one of the pumpkins when he got slammed. It looked, <laughs> yeah, it looked gnarly. It looked like they were they were legit hurt at a couple points. That did, did, that sucked. But but then the mysterious red liquid, <laughs> the viscous red liquid, makes its appearance from all three all of them. Three of them sprayed it oh. in the faces of the uh, the bar. To pick up the win. Now, this was, again, so, yeah, this was silly. Was it also awesome? Yes. But, it, Nick, it was silly. The thing that I want to talk about here is, once again, <laughs> once again, a segment that I should have just hated and been like, ah, oh, for crying out loud. I loved it because the New Day, time and time again, have been able to pull these silly, silly segments off and make them entertaining. And there, as you said, there was some decent wrestling in the midst of all of this tomfoolery. Uh, I yes. still like they're a, they're a group that should have broken up a while ago because they would have gotten stale for some reason for me, at least I know for some people they're over it for me, at least the new day continues to be fun and interesting. Because they of just keep like reinventing the, their gimmick. Well, there's uh, you know there's different aspects from to it. cereal to pancakes, and now we're doing jack o' lanterns. And for a while, it was all you, unicorns. Got, uh, yeah, right, right. So you're getting Xavier Woods thrown into a, a apple bobbing bowl. You know, <laughs> uh, just it's, this was so much fun. I don't I don't take anything when they start bringing out like pumpkins and shit. I just I I check out. Well, but yeah. in the best way, and I just sit back and I go, "This is going to be fun." How many segments have they saved? Like you had the you had the pancake making segment, which could have been awful. You had the uh, the time machine segment, which could have been awful. The rap battle, which I would have sworn blind was going to be one of the worst things that we ever saw. That was amazing. So time and time again, they've taken these segments that should suck and make them great. So yep. props to the New Day once again making me entertained. Uh, also on the show, we had Shinsuke Nakamura facing R-Truth. Now, Ty Dillinger had been advertised all week as facing Nakamura on the show here. He has injured his hand. He injured his hand at a house show. We don't know in what way, but he's out for a while with a hand injury. So R-Truth stepped in to face Nakamura and get his head knocked off. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is just a nothing match, a way to get Nakamura back on TV. Remind us that he does indeed exist, and he is actually the U.S. champ. Uh, the only way you'd know that is if you followed him on Twitter, where he's actually being very entertaining with the whole thing, calling it the United, Na- Knock America. United States of Knock America, where there is no dancing. Um, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they build Nakamura back up. Obviously, he's got to, defa- he's got to defend it uh, against Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. They have announced that match, Nakamura versus Seth. At Survivor Series, which, by the way, hell yes. I still have faith Nakamura can have fun matches. A lot of people are down on him right now, saying he hasn't really had anything good since the Sami Zayn match. But uh, I still defend Nakamura and think he can still pull it off. What do you mean since the Sami Zayn match? He and AJ had a great run there. Even though it was dick punches, I, I no. enjoyed those matches. I think ultimately that whole feud was a bit of a flop nah. because, it, because it was all dick punches. You know? <laughs> because No, seriously, it just, it just became about cock knocking and not about actually putting on good wrestling matches, which yeah. I don't know if that was just Vince's way of having a funny joke at the expense of pure, pure wrestling fans yeah. or what it was, but... 
So, so real quick before we get out of this and give our picks for Crown Jewel, I, wh- I want to talk real quick because you mentioned that they didn't really talk a lot about Evolution on Raw or SmackDown yeah. Live. I want to talk about that really quickly because the, uh, and people were complaining that oh, they didn't even bring up Evolution until half an hour into Raw. And really quickly, I actually want to talk about that and defend WWE. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hold on. Here we go. Because here's the thing. If you see a pay-per-view on the weekend, unless it has immediate ramifications for the main event of the show, which in this case was Brock and Braun, they're not going to show any recap of it until after that business gets done. And the thing is, once that business got done, they started mentioning evolution. And then they kept putting in sequences throughout the rest of the show mentioning evolution, uh, whether it was just like screenshots of that it happened. It was actually very similar to as if they had a, a regular pay-per-view on there. In addition... Uh, there were not a lot of matches on Evolution that related to either brand, really. You had the title match with Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. That got referenced briefly because they announced that Ronda Rousey had retained and would now face Becky Lynch. Uh, you had the Sasha and Bailey and Riot Squad match, which they referenced in the 10-woman tag team battle royale or, or whatever, 10-woman tag team match on Raw. Uh, and then you had the SmackDown match, which they mentioned on SmackDown. Aside from that, you had an NXT, you had an NXT match, a Mae Young Classic match, and then you had the big Battle Royale. So there wasn't a lot of stuff to really discuss on these shows. That's fair. So I, I, I will grant you all of that. That is absolutely fair. I just I expected to see you know Stephanie McMahon coming out and saying, "Look how amazing we were," and giving one of her twenty minute pontifications about women. First ever women's this and progressive WWE and yada, 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 yada. But isn't that a good thing that we didn't get that kind of self-congratulation here? Isn't that yes. what we've been asking for? So ultimately, I was pleasantly I was, surprised. I, me too. That's what I'm kind of saying is it, I liked the fact that it was treated just like any other pay-per-view uh, to the extent that they only mentioned it in relation to the ongoing storylines on the show. But they didn't oversell it to us. Yeah. So I did like that aspect of it. So... Come at me. I'm sure there's people who disagree. Uh, please hit us up on our Facebook discussion group and let me know what your thoughts were. Uh, obviously, I'm speaking as a guy, so I yes. can't really speak to this. A, a moment we could have had uh, 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 JB here to, to give us a female perspective on what That's she thinks true. about it. That's true. Um, but uh, whatever. We'll, we'll get hers offline and maybe post it on Facebook. Sounds good. So let's move on. we got to talk Crown Jewel, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here come the pickums. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm going to say this up front. I have not given a ton of thought to this World Cup. And with the ramifications that we talked about on SmackDown, where if the SmackDown person loses in the finals, they're fired and go to Raw. I haven't looked at them and said, who could end up on Raw and what would that mean? With the exception of Rey Mysterio, who might fit in very well with Lucha House Party on Raw. There's my conspiracy that I was mentioning a little while back. I hear you. That that Can is you, an interesting uh but for him to get there I don't know. I don't know. Ray in the know. finals against Ray in the finals against Seth Rollins loses to Seth Rollins and then goes to Monday Night Raw. Well, hang be, on. To, Don't get ahead of yourself. I'm just saying. Let, I, I'm let, not, let's, call, let's call them as they, as they go down well, the list. Well, I, I didn't say that was my picks. I just said that's something that could happen. I'm just throwing that out there. All right. Uh, it, All would right. Be, it would be plausible. It's the only thing I've thought about so far. I mean, so Bobby I Lashley got put in for a reason. I'm wondering if he's the ringer. You know, that's well, we'll see. I'm just let's kidding. get into our, let's get into our picks then, Nick. Yes. Let's actually okay. let's do this for let's do this for real. All all of that aside, for real, the World Cup. Let's run it down. It's a tournament, so we'll go match by match. Okay, Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Randy Orton, you're going with Orton. Yep. All right. Uh, I just to be crazy, I'm going to go with Mysterio. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with Mysterio. 
I I think that Orton might pull it off too, but uh, well, that's what this is for. Uh, Miz versus Jeff Hardy. Who do you have? Miz. Miz, really? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I'm saying Jeff Hardy. All right. Uh, <laughs> on the Raw side of things, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Is he going to take his ringer? No, Seth Rollins. You're going for Rollins? Yeah, yep. I'm going for Rollins too. Absolutely going for Rollins. I think he might have um, he might have been beaten by Cena, uh, but I think Rollins is definitely taking this one. Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler. This is the only match I really give a shit about. I don't care who wins. Same. Uh, same. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's do a coin flip. Actually, my whole conspiracy here is that Kurt Angle is going to win this whole thing. So I think after a baller match between these two, you know, we professed their greatness earlier in the show. Uh, I think Kurt Angle is going to pull off the victory here, possibly with one of his, you know, trademark Patriot locks or ankle locks. And I, you know, I, Kurt Angle gets the win. I, uh, you know, what's funny? I'm actually going to take the opposite. I think I think they are setting Kurt up to go all the way on this. And if they did do that, if Angle did get the best in the world title and and win the whole thing, I would be ecstatic. Yep. I don't think they're doing that. I think okay. Ziggler wins. I think Ziggler takes it here. Okay. Uh, again, it's just the younger guy going over. Uh, all right. So for the semifinals for SmackDown, you have Orton versus Miz. Who do you have there? Randy Orton. You got Orton going all the way to the finals. Yes. Uh, for me on the SmackDown Live side, I have, let's see what I have. I have Mysterio versus Hardy. I've got Mysterio going all the way. And then uh, on the Raw side, Nick, you had, uh, let's see, you had Rollins versus Angle. Are you going to stick with uh, Angle going stick, all the way I'm going to stick with Kurt Angle. So we end wow. up with Kurt Angle versus, uh, I almost, oh, almost said Bob Orton, versus <laughs> Randy Orton. <laughs> Cowboy Bob showing Orton my coming. age a little bit, guys. Cowboy Bob Orton showing back up. <laughs> oh man, that would be awesome, actually. No kidding. Um, Cowboy okay. Bob Orton superplexing Kurt Angle off the top turnbuckle. Woo! Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, I've got Rollins going to um, the final myself. I have him. Uh, I have him beating Kurt Angle. Or, yeah, sorry, him, him beating Dolph Ziggler is who I have beating. Which so, I mean, the whole Raw side is just going to be baller matches. I yep. mean, other than Rollins and Lashley, which could be decent. I mean, you're going to get Kurt Angle and Ziggler, and then one of those two guys against Seth Rollins. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's a pretty good bracket all all yeah. around. I think unless Lashley goes forward, in which case, <laughs> oh, uh, God, all right. No. So the whole thing, you've got. Uh, let's see, you have Angle versus Orton. Who do you have? You have Angle beating Orton for this. I do have Angle beating Orton. Yes. My goodness. All right. Well, I am going to say Seth wins the whole thing, um, and uh, and that means that. You know, and it's, as I went through it, as I was thinking about it, I just went with my conspiracy theory that uh, Mysterio's going all the way in, and he loses, and is go- and then ends up on Raw. So I'm sticking with that. Mm. So just uh, just announced today, we had Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. title in the Who Gives an F match. Where the hell did that come from? Uh, they needed something. I guess they needed something for the <laughs> extra extra match or something. Uh, Nakamura Rusev Nak- isn't winning this. No. <laughs> Amen, God damn sir. it, I love Rusev, and I hate that I even had to just say that. Yeah, there's no way. But there's just man, no way. Luckily, these guys work good matches together, though. You know, they're, they're, if they want to get interesting, even though they're not, because this isn't a mainland pay-per-view thing, I, if they wanted to do something interesting, they could have something to do with Aiden, some kind of redemption. He gets back in Rusev's good graces by oh, turning on, crying out, it's tripping not up happen. Nakamura. Let I it know. go, let it go, Nick. It's Nakamura done. Nakamura wins. They're broken up. They're broken up, man. Let them. Let it die. But I want him back. 
back. <laughs> Bring back Aiden. Uh, you're like my mom when the, characters, not when the characters broke up on Days of Our Lives. You're like, right. no, I just want them back together. They were perfect together. <laughs> let's let's not forget who got Rusev Day over in the first place, folks. Oh, for it was not crying Rusev. out loud. Okay? All right, moving <laughs> Point of clarity, if you will. Moving on from your Aiden English markery, we got the Bar versus the New Day for the SmackDown Live tag titles. Who do you have here? Uh, I coin flip. You know, d- d- I I don't see the New Day dropping these. If I'm being honest, so I, I, are the Bar going to win in Saudi Arabia after losing a number of times? I, I don't think so. You know, and that's the only reason. The only reason I think that the New Day retains here. Is yeah, that it's in, Saudi, in Saudi Arabia? I think that, if it was if it was mainland, they could absolutely give these to the bar, but I don't think they're going to do it overseas. That being said, I'm going to take the bar. Oh because, shit! Because because not only do they have Big Show on their side now, but I think that in order to appease the Saudi market and make something so it's not just another, another glorified house show like it was the last time they got criticized for that. Remember. They'll yeah. have a title change hands. And of all the titles that are on the line here, obviously Vacant now currently owns the Universal title. Right. But I think they might have this title change hands. So I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going out on a limb. But I'm, and I know that. I know it's very unlikely. The New Day probably will retain it. It'll just be a glorified house show. But I got to keep it interesting for myself here, Nick. So I'm taking the okay. bar. I'm taking but the bar. But you, you, you mark for the bar anyway. So you're, you know, you're, you're right in line with your views. I do, but it's, I'm not picking it because of that. I'm picking it. I'm trying to. Look at it from a, a, a arbitrary standpoint here. Like I'm very I'm, trying to give me a win. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do need outside one. outside of WrestleMania. Yeah, I do. You, yeah. you do need one bad. Yeah. All right. So AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE title. Again, same logic. Uh, AJ retains. There's no way, no, no way in hell AJ lose this. No chance in hell he loses this. In uh, Saudi Arabia, Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. This is an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'm interested. I'm, I think of all of the outcomes of this of this pay-per-view, I think I'm most interested in seeing what happens here. Because for my sure. theory is that they are just fast-forwarding the, the timeline that was inevitably leading to a Roman Reigns versus Braun feud that I thought might culminate around Royal Rumble, maybe uh-huh. even as early as Survivor Series. Now with the news of Roman last week, I, I think they're just uh, – Braun Strowman's he's back to being a face. I think they're going to put the belt on him and let him have a reign because, you know, by God, he's earned it. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, I just don't know to your logic, you know, with them paying all this money to have these guys show up, if they're going to put it on Brock – Overseas, just so they can have the music and every the fireworks and everybody goes nuts. Well, they certainly because well, Brock. Here's the thing. Uh, so, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, Braun is the winner of the Greatest Royal Rumble. So, uh, very you true. know. So they they obviously I think are trying to build him as an international superstar. So the chance that Braun could so are now are so you're you're picking Braun here. I'm picking Braun Strowman. Yes. Same. I am too because I think WWE would be fools. To put it on Brock Lesnar again right now, given yeah. all of the all of the vitriol that they built up all year about him having the belt for to just to get Roman over right uh, when he finally took it off of him, th- th- I think that and also because you're about to have a Drew McIntyre Braun Strowman feud if that doesn't have the title involved and Seth Rollins holds the number one championship on Monday Night Raw, it it it, it totally just unbalances the whole thing. I'll throw a. Point five prop bet here on you that Drew McIntyre gets involved somehow. Nah, he does not. Okay. 
uh, I'll, I'll write that in though, real quick. All you right. can have I. You say yay. I say no. Got uh, it. I think this will be a clean one because I, I think they need something to stoke that fire back again. Um, we've gotten sidetracked the last couple of weeks with Crown Jewel coming up, but I, I, I think that even if he just comes in and tries to trip him or screw him up while he's he's on the the up and up against Brock, somehow still muscles it out. But I, I think Drew coming in could just to mess with him. It could. I can't imagine they're going to fly Drew all the way to Saudi Arabia for a thirty second run in. Yeah. So okay. that's just that's my thought. Finally, <sighs> the match where no matter who wins, we all lose. Brothers of Destruction <laughs> versus DX. Who do you have in this one? <sighs> I, I I'll go I, first I, if you got to think about it for a second. Yeah, I got to think about it. So run your logic. I got to finish processing all right. this. I'm picking the Brothers of Destruction because Triple H went over last time, and I don't think that he's going over twice. As much as as much as that golden shovel is obviously still very shiny, I yeah. don't think he's going over twice here. I think Shawn Michaels is eating this pin, and that gives Shawn some some stank to come back and get uh, get back into his career. I think yeah. I'll be I'll be really surprised. Either that or Kane's going to eat this pin uh, to preserve the Undertaker. So now now I see. I think you got to keep the Undertaker looking strong. If you remember at the end of Melbourne, all four of them they held each other's hands up. Yeah, and like almost like a curtain call bow sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm saying DX goes over here. Okay. Uh, and I think you you were right on because they got to keep Triple H looking strong and they got to keep Undertaker looking strong. And I think you're absolutely right. It's either Shawn Michaels or Kane that's going to eat the pen. And I think it's going to be Kane. Yeah. I, 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 it's definitely a possibility. I could absolutely see that happening. Uh, at the end of the day, I just wish I could fast forward this match and get to the finish. I'm not going to lie. I, I, this is going to be interesting. We picked very different all the way across. We did. This, uh, this is one of the first times we haven't agreed in a long time. Yeah. So at least there'll be something to do while we're watching this pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll go, we go ahead. Uh, that, that's, uh, yeah, that was our pickums. I, I got to say one final thing about our pickums. If we okay. do, uh, There might be another match or two announced because it does seem like a pretty small card. Uh, I guess there's a lot of World Cup matches. But uh, if anything is added, we will, we'll post it on the Facebook discussion group. So, yeah, there's seven total matches in that World Cup. Yeah, so don't, so I guess don't get that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. I guess. Well, guys, that's uh, Crown Jewel and our picks. We'd love to hear what yours are over in the Facebook group or on Twitter. Be sure and hit us up there. But we're not done. We've got a whole other hour of wrestling for you over in the wide world of wrestling. So we start off with NXT Nikki Cross versus Mercedes. Martinez? Oh, what? Nice. What? Nice. The cr- uh, the crowd had my reaction, which was when that when Mercedes's music hit, I went, "What? Yes, yes, please, thank you." Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Good match. Very solid match. Um, nothing too out of this world. I mean, you know, after after Mercedes and Satomura, I just you know, it's hard to it's hard to kind of calm back down again. But uh, and seeing her work a regular match, but this was this was great. Nice and hard hitting. Lots of big moves. And Nikki Cross wins clean as a whistle. Uh, uh, about the whole second half of the match was Nikki trying to hit that fish swinging fisherman neck breaker that she does, and Mercedes kept getting out of it or something like that. But when she finally landed, I loved how they stole this story. Uh, when she finally landed it, that was the death knell. So it, I really enjoyed um, this match from many different perspectives. I love seeing Nikki Cross get to work with you know the legendary Mercedes Martinez and I, I from what i understand Mercedes is transitioning more into a training trainer type of role with a lot of ladies she's still at working working matches um in various promotions but um 
I'm anxious to see what's next for her after May Young, and I was very, very surprised to see her show up uh, on NXT. I was, but I wasn't. I, I, she came out, and I was like, wow, Mercedes. Okay, well, she is working with NXT, as you said, so it was cool to see her work with someone like Nikki Cross. I give Nikki a little bit of extra rub, putting her over, uh, yeah. and, I, and I could see Mercedes transitioning into being more of a trainer, but also kind of a Cassius Ono figure uh, yeah. and working with people to kind of just help you know, help the still as an active wrestler, but at least uh, she knows how to wear long pants. Oh man, yeah, but, um, but yeah, but she's also got a lot better upper thighs than Cassius does too. So, oh god, I don't want to talk about Cassius's cottage cheese thighs anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> put some pants on. Uh, you were wondering who Cheeseburger was in Ring of Honor. Maybe Cassius should change his name. But uh, <gasps> so, uh, so after the match. Candice LeRae comes out to talk smack to Nikki Cross because, in of course, emo goth mode. Yeah, that was interesting. Candice look going <laughs> yeah, a little going a little dark here. Um, so it looks like Candice is standing by her man Johnny Gargano, saying that Nikki is is just running her mouth. She doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, afterwards, Alistair Black comes out to scare the pants off of of uh, poor little Candice LeRae, asking where she Johnny is. She weren't scared. She was a little bit intimidated, as you would be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so this was, so it looks like we're heading towards, uh, actually was announced later in the evening. We're heading towards Gargano and black at war games. Um, but this is all, mm, I'm wondering how Candace figures into this. I'm wondering, uh, how we, when Johnny comes back, what kind of Johnny will we see? Will the mask be taken off of him? If you will. And the, uh, the darkness underneath revealed, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, or will he still be the kind of happy-go-lucky Johnny Gargano we saw before, just with kind of a mean streak towards Alistair Black? So, will Nikki Cross be in Alistair's corner, I think, could be an interesting play yeah, as well. Yeah, or will we see like a Nikki Candace thing going forward? Like, will Candace Maybe. keep saying, stop, be spreading, good. stop spreading these lies about my man, and then having Nikki yep. and Candace go at it, which, as you yep. said, could be really fun because they're both fantastic. Uh, yes. We also had a match, the Street Profits versus the Mighty kind of bringing a, a, a close to this feud. The Mighty have sto- had stolen the uh, golden chain necklace and uh, black solo cup of the Street Profits a while back and then injured the Street Profits, injured Montez Ford. So this is the comeback match. And it was a, it was a nice, I, I don't know about you, I thought it was a nice wrinkle to Street Profits that they sure. got serious. Because usually yeah. they're all party, fun-loving, and they came out and Montez Ford was just staring daggers the entire time. I, I thought this was an absolute blast. I thought Montez Ford looked like a beast. Uh, I thought, I'm sorry, Angelo Dawkins looked like a beast. I thought Montez Ford was doing his thing flying all over the damn place. Uh, These guys, by the way, point of clarity, didn't they just win the tag belts in a whole other promotion? That's in the extra Uh, news segment, Nick. But that that is a nice little hint. If if you guys stick around, we're talking about some really exciting stuff happening with Street Profits over in another another company entirely when some belts may be involved. So stick around for our other news segment where we talk about that. But yes, Street Profits are definitely very beloved right now uh, by people backstage, apparently. Because they're they're going over big and they're doing stuff elsewhere as well. Uh, real quick, man, because you were saying uh, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, how they looked really good in this match, and they did. They they really had. Uh, there sh- was a good show off match for them, and it showed off to me also that the mighty are fantastic heel workers. Yes, but who do you think's a better hot tag, Montez Ford Montez or, Angelo? or Angelo? Because they both had the hot tag moments in this match. Uh, they they both are good hot tags for different reasons. One being the big brawler, and one being the high flyer. I think it's a very dynamic team that they've got here. And uh, you know we we've seen this a few times with a few other teams, so it's not exactly carbon copy. 
But I, you know, I, I, oh God, I don't want to make anybody mad. But is this the new Enzo and Cass when they come no. up? Oh Cause, God, because no. they because they've got the dancey kind of thing. But I'm 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 not comparing Montez. No, they're the new too cool to, to Enzo Amore. They're the new okay. That's what I that I'll give you. That's what I've been saying for ever since I first saw them. I used to actually I used to use it as in a derogatory way. But I I've, remember. But I've come around on them, and now I actually love the Street Profits. And I think they were they could be too cool done right. But yeah. um, also on this show. Bro. Bro, we had the debut of Matt Riddle, uh, a favorite of ours from the indie scenes. He finally oh. showed up, and I so two things uh, right off the bat. One, I love his entrance music because it is so reminiscent of what his entrance music was in the indies, which was Regulate by Nate Dog, and this this is very similar to that, and it catches yeah. his vibe perfectly. Uh, and the second point is, this was a I thought a textbook example of a way to show off what Matt Riddle is. He comes out like a goofy surfer like Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High meets Kurt Angle. And and then he gets into the ring, and like Kurt Angle, he he changes, like old school Kurt Angle. He changes from being kind of the goofy dude to a guy who can rip you apart yeah. and destroy you. Yeah, and, just ask Luke Menzies how uh, how serious he is when he gets in the ring. And yeah, he had the match against. Who, by the way, and Luke Menzies came across looking like a beast as well. Like they did a good job of making Luke get some offense in and look like a serious competitor, which of course just made Matt Riddle look that much better when he finally beat him. When I beat the crap out of him, that that running knee to the knee to the face. Oh man, uh, it's just we've seen him do that so many times in PWG, and it's just it's devastating. Yeah. It's it's right up there for me with Kenny Kenny Omega's V trigger, just uh, oh my god! It's a really good one, and it's and he's got so many other fantastic grappling moves. I love that they're they're allowing him to keep that hybrid style, and I, I love that he comes out in the slides and kicks him off uh, the way. That, <laughs> fantastic! I was scared they were going to make him put boots on. Um, yeah, in WWE. They're still letting him wrestle barefoot. Yeah, yeah, very so, cool. I remember they did that with Rusev too, and he eventually, you know, succumbed and put b- boots on. But I think because he busted an we'll ankle, see. he busted an ankle because of it. You know, so I, th- yeah. I think that was it. But uh, Riddle's obviously been doing it for so long. We'll see if they make him put shoes on eventually. I hope they don't. If you guys have never seen Matt Riddle before, and this was your first time seeing him, please post in our Facebook discussion group. Let us know what you think, because uh, this guy is a extremely bright future. We did a, um, we did our, our one of our, our last bonus episode for our patreon subscribers uh was about who has the highest ceiling in nxt or what their ceilings would be and i'll say i'll tell you right now matt riddle could be top 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 in the company if handled they were saying on the commentary that he is top 10 in the world right now and i'm going in mma uh, i don't know maybe yeah i mean if you if you were still allowed to compete in ufc he could be sure he's got got such a beef with dana dana white though but he's yeah Yeah. he's he's a legit dude like he's he's <laughs> him, him, and Brock going at it would be entertaining as hell. I just, I just want to see him, and frankly, anybody uh, get in the ring with Dijak and maybe throw a little Ricochet and a little Keith Lee in there you, for a PWG well, you reunion. You want a PWG reunion is what you want to see yeah. your PWG in NXT. It's happened before 20, 2017 PWG <laughs> reunion. <laughs> it's happened before. It could happen again. Yes. I mean, you got old school PWG guys already in there, like Champa and Gargano. So it could absolutely happen. You throw, you sprinkle some Jeff Cobb on top of that, and we're having a good time. Oh, stop. Woo. Stop. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna. All right, I'm gonna deep breaths. We got to get back to NXT here. Uh, so yeah, we also had a match: uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch versus Umberto Carrillo and Robert Robert Mendoza. Um, by, so really quickly, 
I got to say, I thought at first when uh, Birch and Lorcan came out, this was going to be a squash. And it wasn't not a squash. It was a pretty quick match. But um, Carrillo, who we've only seen once before, we saw Carrillo once in a singles match uh, against uh, Jackson Riker. And I remember at the time when we were talking about that, we were saying, wow, that kid's actually really good. So I went out and, and researched who he was. I'm like, who is this kid? Where is he from? I didn't know that he's Ultimo Ninja. Ultimo Ninja is, is a, a very famous Mexican wrestler. He's, he's wrestled all over Japan, a little bit for pro wrestling Noah, in Jap- all over Mexico and in Japan as well. Excuse me. Um, he took his mask off to come to NXT. I did not know no that. Oh, shit. He's, I didn't either. He's actually really famous in Mexico. He's actually a very famous luchador. I did not realize that. And it would explain why he's so damn good. Uh, it's so naturally good. Uh, and, and we've always been high on Mendoza. We've always said he's underrated as well. So, yeah. so this was actually a really impressive match where you had kind of the smash mouth style of Birch and Lorcan and then this high-flying, really good high-flying style of Carrillo and Mendoza. You, you said Robert Mendoza. Isn't it Raul Mendoza? It might be Raul Mendoza. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it down wrong. Raul. <laughs> Raul Mendoza. Excuse me. Uh, oh, but yeah, that was that, well, that was a good match. Even though, uh, as we figured, Birch and Lorcan did pick up the win here. They're still on a roll back into the picture. But I gotta, I'm looking forward to seeing more from Carrillo and Mendoza. I don't know if it's a good idea to have them be a tag, or they should be individuals, or start as a tag and move in, 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 into individual wrestling. But either way, I was very excited. Yeah. To wrap up uh, NXT, we had well, my, one of my moments of the week was uh, just this whole <laughs> sequence that started right here. Um, we ended up having. We we cut backstage to the the undisputed era doing their kind of frat boy bragging sort of thing, standing around going, yeah, you know, we're so amazing. <laughs> that this is we're undisputed era, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Wolwaiters come bursting through like the Kool Aid Man. Well, doesn't it was, and just beat the hell out of him. Wasn't it first like Adam Cole's in the middle of saying something and he just gets grabbed through the curtain from behind and just disappears? And everyone's like, where did he go? And then Warriors just come barging through the curtain and just dis- destroy everybody. It, it reminded me of that moment in the South Park movie where they were they were going to bomb the Baldwins and it was Alec Baldwin said, "You know what sucks about being a Baldwin? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it, did, it was exactly. kind of like that. It was perfect. And that's Undisputed Era is so good at being that, as you said, that kind of like frat boy shithead heel <laughs> that yeah. it's when, when they get interrupted in the middle of this it's it's so fun and funny and this brawl went everywhere it went out in the parking lot uh it came back inside uh i particularly like the moment when bobby fish tried to get back in the door and it was locked even though it was right next to a half open garage he could have just gone into uh, right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and then he picks him up and throws him into the garage door, and still couldn't they, get away from they him. They like, roll under the door, Bobby. They lawn darted Adam Cole into a truck, and then of course, at a certain point, the war, the wall waiters uh, started to lose momentum. Undisputed Era started picking up the uh, a little bit, and then Ricochet came in to get involved. Ends yes. up getting all the way back into the arena, into the ring. Everyone's tussling around. The Undisputed Era gets on top again, and who should come out? But Pete Dunn. Pete, Pete Dunn randomly comes out as well. I know he's been involved with these guys like Ricochet and Adam Cole recently, but it was still kind of like, why, why would he give it? All right, cool, whatever. He comes I'm out. I'm in. I don't care. <laughs> and then the show ends with Regal coming out saying, this will not happen here. This is, gonna ha- this is the War Games match will be these eight guys. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes, please. We were speculating this is what it was going to end up as, given the feuds yeah. of the last few months. To have it actually confirmed is just, all right, now we can really begin speculating and and 
being extremely uh, non-sexually aroused by the possibilities of this match, <laughs> which I absolutely am. I am so... By eight men. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. But no, it's... The, remember how good the War uh, Games match was last year with Sanity? Yes. And now, yes. and that was with some of Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era against War Raiders, who I, I, I know we kind of make fun of them a lot, but I've watched them for a while. They are legit. And you put and them then in the, sprinkle on some Ricochet <laughs> and Pete Dunne. You give them a cage? Oh, my God. Uh, this match it might become match of the year. I, I, Ten to one, Ricochet's coming off the top of the cage for a 640. Adam Cole did it. Uh, Adam Cole came off the top last year. It could definitely happen again. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, also announced for NXT War Games, as we said, uh, we have J- uh, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. And then also Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream, which did not go over well with your boy, Lars Sullivan. No. And now did that was that proclaimed as a title match? Is he defending the NXT championship he is. against yes. Velveteen Dream? Yes. Dream okay. Dream's getting a title match and Lars isn't happy about it, so he's gonna try and take out Dream in the meantime. This could end up being a three way, I think. I enjoyed watching Lars Sullivan destroy things backstage for about ten minutes. If you remember when he first came on, it was always he would beat up his tag team partner backstage or something, and they got Lars, you gotta stop beating up your tag partners. And I, it was fun. so it was good to see Lars destroying shit backstage again. I just give me he, that for he an destroyed, hour. I could watch that on the network. He destroyed one interesting thing. He had one box that he threw that splintered nicely, but aside from that, he was like throwing a water bottle and like, yeah. Oh come on, Lars! He find something. <laughs> learn from Braun. Find something. Find yeah, something flip a truck. There we go. Find something big to destroy. <laughs> so no, it was a fun, a fun episode of NXT building for a lot of stuff. Uh, Takeover is going to be monstrous right here. In Los Angeles, California. I'm going to try and Woo. see if I can get to it. Uh, moving on to 205 Live. We had a fun week as well. We had Brian, the Brian Kendrick, facing off against Jack Gallagher. He's currently running in a feud um, with his old running buddies. Uh, Kendrick used to be running with Gallagher and Gulak. And, of course, now he is on the outs. He ended up beating him with help from Akira Tozawa, who ran in to run interference on Gulak. So this might be heading for some tag competition now that Lucha House Party is, for the most part, off the show. Yeah, And they've been opening, so, opening with tag matches a lot lately, so I wouldn't be mad at that. I, I, I thought Gulak was, was going for the championship. Uh, are we seeing now that uh, Buddy Murphy has it? Uh, are we going to see any more from Gulak, or are they just kind of treading water with these guys now? That's that's where I I'm lost with what's going on with this group. Well, it looks like they're sending them over to a different to work a different uh, match, like like I said with the tag team stuff. But as far as Drew Gulak goes, yeah, I don't think they're going to have him go for the title now that there's a heel champ. But they are keeping yeah. him looking really strong. Like he still tears people apart uh, in matches and you know bites bites their ears and stuff. Like it's it's good stuff. Um, Damn, Cedric Alexander was backstage told by DM the GM that he's not getting his rematch until he stops losing. He said, I, was, I held the championship belt for 181 days or whatever it was, 183 days, something like that. He's like, why don't I get my rematch against Buddy Murphy? And uh, Maverick said, well, because you just lost three matches straight. Now, how about you win a couple? Uh, we, we like to have good competition here. And while you're on a losing streak, it's going to make it for a bad match. Why don't you start winning some matches, and then we'll give you your rematch. So fair, fair enough. I, I Although like that's that. never been a stipulation before, but no, fair, but I like the fact that as, as the GM, well, the, the thing is, is the GM, what he's saying is, and this, this kind of works and it kind of doesn't. I like the fact that he's saying you get your rematch. You'll get an automatic rematch. You don't have to qualify for it, but I don't want to have this match if it's not going to be a good match. So if you're going to lose, like go win some matches and then we will set the time for your, your, your rematch. 
So yeah. I like the fact that they're positioning Drake Maverick as being the kind of GM that wants to put on a good show, quote unquote. You know, kind of like how Seth, say, uh, Shane McMahon always says, "Oh, it's the land of opportunity. Yeah, we want to put on a good show." Well, they're doing that, they're doing that here, and I like that a lot. Uh, speaking of Lucha, Lucha House, bleh, Lucha House Party, I'm starting to talk <laughs> like Lars Sullivan over here. Uh, speaking of Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik, as I mentioned, did have a match on the show. He beat an enhancement talent, but then was attacked by TJP, who uh, I, I now try to rip off his mask too. Lucha House Party came out for the save. Uh, Mike Canellis came out who uh, and helped TJP. Mike Bennett, a uh, uh, Canellis. Oh, okay, that guy ca- came out. Yeah, <clears throat> he came out and helped TJP. So Lucha House Party might not be gone from 205 Live just yet. They might be splitting brands like Drake Maverick uh, because it looks like they're heading into a feud with TJP and Mike ben- uh, Canellis. Uh, and who knows who the third member is going to be of that particular team. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, and then uh, finally on 205 Live, Mustafa Ali got his title. Let's see. For the number one contendership match uh, with Tony Nese, he, got his, he beat Tony Nese for the number one contendership match. For the number one contendership. Oh, man. 205 Live's killing me today. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah. So, Ali now is the next in line for a shot at Buddy Murphy. Again? That's kind of what I was saying. Is it Now, is Ali, he's, is he always going to be the first opponent for a new champ? See, I liked the setup of this for Tony Nese. And I think it would have been smart with you know him and Buddy Murphy being buddy buddies to have him. It would have been a great story for him to go so up to and speak. have to. Well, okay. For him to go up and have to face Buddy Murphy. But, no, we're going to get Mustafa Ali again. I think it'll be a better match, technically, uh, than what we would have gotten out of Tony Nese. But I, I don't know. I think Tony Nese is underrated. Uh, I think he's I underrated, under, underrated, underused, and kind of stuck in, in now this role of being the gatekeeper for the champ um, or, the, you know, or the gatekeeper for Buddy Murphy. And now, you know, if you want to get to Buddy Murphy, you've got to go through Tony Nese. It's been that way for a while. If you want to get to Drew Gulak, you've got to go through Tony Nese, et cetera, et cetera. So... Um, at least he's getting work, which is nice. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting because I don't think Mustafa Ali is going to beat Buddy Murphy for the title. Me either. No. So it's weird that they keep throwing him in this mix at this particular place where he would ultimately make such a good champ. Yeah. And maybe that's the story they're telling with him, like a Sami Zayn and NXT kind of thing, where he keeps trying for the big one and losing. And maybe that ends up being a story. Maybe so. that ends up being his shtick. You know. I'd be down with that. That could, be, uh, that could ultimately of, be a good one. Speaking yeah. of which, how does Mark Andrews get a shot at Buddy Murphy? I mean, I know we're going to the UK next week, but I mean, how, how did Mark Andrews line that one up? He's got a really sick pop punk band. Oh, okay, yeah. That's I don't that's, I don't know. I, that's I've what never gets you, listened. Uh, was he getting a title a shot against song. Buddy Murphy? Uh, I believe it's a title shot. Yeah, I believe it's a title shot. No yeah, way. So next, no way in hell. <laughs> that's going to be a good match, though, man. Uh, Mark Andrews, is, is, is it, it, despite how crappy his pop-punk band is, uh, it's, he's, he's a really good wrestler, so I'm actually looking forward to that match. Yeah, It's going to be Buddy Murphy murdering him, but sure. still, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, moving over to New Japan. We're heading on the last couple of days uh, to Power Struggle, their Power Struggle show, and there's some really good matches that they've actually lined up. Just as a point real quick, we're only two months away from Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, God. 60 days. Yeah, well, we are, we are, that's true, almost exactly, and we're definitely heading down the final stretch here. They're starting to line things up for that. Besides Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi, we're starting to get some other stuff clearing up what's going to happen there. Mm -mm. Um, So, as we mentioned last week, Will Ospreay is still injured. It's actually the longest he's ever been injured. uh, Ever been on the shelf. injured. 
Right, but this is the longest he's ever been out of action. Sure, sure. So, which, uh, you know, get well soon, Will Ospreay. Yes, sir. Uh, but we th- originally said that the never open weight match was canceled. They actually, they actually uncanceled it. And now it looks like Hiroki Goto is going to get another shot at the belt he's held for or fought over for most of the year. Hmm. Um, him and Taichi in a match, eh, eh, I'm medium excited about it. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, could it, be fun. Kind of, could be nothing. Yeah. It could just be, yeah. It could be terrible. It yeah. could be active. It could be actively terrible. Let's be let's be completely clear. Yes. Uh, Power struggle is November third. We are the matches that we're going to have real quick. Let's run them down here, yes. Nick. We have the finals of the Super Junior Tag Tournament, which was just finalized this morning, right before we recorded here. Uh, and it's a, actually a three-way final, which I can't remember the last time they've had one of those wow. because there was three three teams tied in the points. You've got uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Desperado. Versus Bushi and Shingo Takagi versus Sho and Yo. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Sho and Yo are not winning this. No. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Kanemaru and Desperado is an outside chance, but Shingo Takagi is the hot new property. He's working right now with Los Ingobernables. I think they're taking this one. Mm, okay. I'm going yeah, to say interesting Shingo. point. I'm going to say Shingo's taking this one because they they obviously went to some lengths to get him in New Japan. I think they're going to put him over pretty big. So that's my guess. Cool. Uh, as I said, we have Goto versus Taichi for the never open weight belt. You think Goto's going to take it off of him? Uh, no. <laughs> I agree. I think I think Taichi's going to keep it for a little while longer. He's nice and obnoxious, and that's good for that belt. I, I think he uh, might have- carry it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom, actually. He might. I could see that absolutely happening. Yeah. Uh, although that means Taichi has a match, a title match at Wrestle Kingdom, and that's just that's ouch. mind-blowing, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, Taichi's Taichi's kind of like the like like 2011 Miz of, oh of New Japan. So that's a good comparison. <laughs> but he's even more obnoxious. Um, Let's talk about is, a couple of matches that aren't obnoxious. Oh no! So this is one of the matches I'm looking forward to oh. most. Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki in the Who's Gonna Die First match. How are these two guys still alive after this year? For, Holy uh, the, smokes. The Rev Pro heavyweight belt, the British uh, the British uh, wrestling promotion, Rev Pro, their heavyweight belt is on the line here. They've been feuding over this most of the year. That's going to... I mean, right now, Ishii's the champ. Is Suzuki getting it back? I don't. I don't think so. I th- I think you're right. I think Ishii's going to retain here. Yeah. Uh, I think he's he's fought too long for it. And damn it, that man needs to always have a belt on him. I think Suzuki works Stone better without pitbull. a belt, going after people that have the belts and just and, hurting them. And just you yeah, know, just hurting them. Yes. He doesn't have to win the belt. He just needs to really inflict Minoru Suzuki pain onto whoever's carrying that belt. And I'm entertained. Yeah. I this is this is a tough one for me because I am a member both of the uh, Stone Pitbull. Bite one four one army and the Suzuki Goon army as well, which is I guess the same thing. That's Suzuki Army Army is what I just said, uh, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love both these guys. I can't wait for this match. That being said, the the main event match I'm looking forward to as well, and that's uh, Evil versus Chris Jericho for Chris Jericho's Intercontinental Belt. Who do you think's keeping it, or uh, or who who do you think's winning this one? Well, you just gave away what you think, but I think yeah. Evil might actually take this off of Chris Jericho. I have a hunch. 
I I think they're going to build Chris up and have him defend the IC belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, I don't here's think why any- I say what I did. Let me qualify that a little bit. I can't figure out what the hell Chris Jericho's up to. I can't figure out if he's <laughs> off somewhere masterminding his own new promotion, a la Cody Rhodes and All In. Oh, I can't. Yeah. He's off doing his cruise right now. I don't know if they're going to have him at Wrestle Kingdom yet or not. So I, I here you have the Intercontinental Belt that has mostly been absent for the majority of, of 2018 because, well, I guess it was right before G, the G1. I, I can't remember exactly where he picked it up, but I, I just I'd like to see a. I'd like to see Evil get a belt. I think it would be yep. good to have this going into Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he did. He earned it. He knocked out Jay White out of the G1. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I think that he's earned the opportunity to have this belt. And I just can't figure out what the hell's going on with Chris Jericho. And just to have it on Chris Jericho for the sake of having it on Chris Jericho seems stupid and very un-New Japan-like. I actually would disagree. I think that having guys who defend their belts rarely, uh, especially international superstars like Chris Jericho, which gives them a big eye into the American market, is actually a, a really smart move for them. Um, and he can go around and say, yeah, I work for New Japan. I'm the New Japan IC champ and have people want to watch because he's involved in it. I think it's going to get a lot of American eyes to the product by having Chris Jericho on the show, whether this one or Wrestle Kingdom. So it That's actually fair. makes total sense to me it's also another reason why i think jericho's retaining here is that i think he's going to carry it all the way to wrestle kingdom and defend it there uh against someone big i imagine you know it, it makes a lot of sense to have him if he is going to drop it to somebody if i'm saying if uh it would make more sense to do it you know in a couple of months at wrestle kingdom rather than at you know power a little power struggle show exactly yeah. uh real quick before we get out of new japan speaking of the jericho cruise while on the cruise and we have a lot more about this in the other news segment as well as what you're talking about with um with the possible new player coming into the promotions thing that's all in the other news segment in a second so everyone stick around for that but really quickly the elite did confirm on the jericho cruise that they are no longer bullet club Elite is now the elite is now a completely separate thing from Bullet Club, and uh, there and that's mostly because I believe of merchandise rights and the ability to take their brand wherever they want and not be locked in to New Japan because New Japan does own the Bullet Club. So, Interesting. Yeah, See, I thought the Bucks owned it. I didn't know that New Japan actually owned it. Yeah, so they're they're creating their own separate thing here. Huh. So yeah. Yeah, interesting. Makes All me right. stroke my ginormous beard. Your beard is getting quite luscious and large right yes. now. It's it's actually you're getting to war raider status here. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, dude, let's move on. we got to do our listener questions here. Yes. And thank you, thank you guys for submitting these. If you want to submit your own listener question, just go ahead over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up with us for just five bucks a month. The cost of a Big Mac. You could have your questions read aloud on air, plus get show notes, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you to everyone who submitted this week. Nick, yes, take it away. First up, uh, Will James asks a couple of questions here. One, who do you see as the third Raw commentator on Friday, given there is a possibility that there is no shot that Renee will be allowed in, which is kind I of what I was alluding to earlier. Are we 100% that Renee's going to be allowed into the arena? It, they're saying 100% unless some, something happens. Uh, she's the one. So who's, who's there as backup? Graves? I mean, how many commentators do they have? They've got, yeah, yeah sure. they got plenty. I mean, Graves is going to be there. It's going to be probably Graves, Cole, and Renee. Okay. But you know, they, can, they can always bring in like a Byron Saxon or a Tom sure. Phillips or something, sit in the chair. Or hey, they might bring back Coach and really make the show a complete cluster F. Oh, boy. 
uh, or maybe Booker T. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I, I think that there's it's going to be Renee though. I okay. think that at this point, that's that's PR for them to have. They're going to make that happen because yeah. of for PR reasons. I just hope they don't make her get in, in the beekeeper outfit. Uh, his other question was, uh, what are your early predictions as to who wins the best in the world and who do we likely see jump over to Raw from SmackDown after being, quote, fired as per Shane since it seems they're teasing a SmackDown loss? Did we cover this already when we were yeah, going over? Yeah, I think we I think we did this in our pick'ems. Yeah. Um, you said that Angle's winning the whole thing. I said Rollins is winning the whole thing. I said sends- Orton is losing... Uh, right. to angle in the final, which would put Orton back over on Raw, uh, which, which is, yeah. could be a reality. I could it's see co- that. It could be fun. There's some, definitely some more, quote, legends for him to destroy over there. Yeah. Uh, I said Rey Mysterio back over to Raw, so we will see what happens. Imagine if Miz loses in the finals and goes to Raw. How terrible that would be for him. Oh, no. Please Poor don't bastard. do that. Don't do that. Keep Miz on SmackDown. Hashtag yes. Miz on SmackDown. Uh, all right. Next question. I'll give this one to you. Uh, Dominique Jacques says, what do you think is the next step for the U.S. championship? I love Nakamura, but the title has lost a lot of shine since he got in a, an in in a roster overcrowded with heel and underused faces. Uh, also, he says, I also, I love the input Judith Brooke was bringing in. Is it possible to have a collab between the three of you in the future? Some kind of triple threat podcast hosting, if you will. Uh, first of all, yes, we love JB. Definitely want her to be a staple part of the show. She has a crazy schedule that's arguably crazier than mine has been over the last month. Uh, oh, mine, yeah. Which makes it even more special that she was able to take some time and fill in while I was uh, while I was doing this move. I I could see a long term plan where she definitely does appear on the show, uh, but that's kind of that's up to her. Uh, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, there's an open mic. Uh, anytime she wants to sit in, and uh, Sir Ian would just have to facilitate that being there in the danger cave. Yeah, I and I, I, with my new setup here, I think I might be able to pull it off. Yes. Uh, so what do you think is the next step for the U.S. Championship is what he was asking. You know, we're going to have Nakamura versus Rusev. <laughs> you know, I, I just, great. I, I don't know really where that goes after that. I will say this. I think John Cena did something pretty cool a few years ago when he walked out uh, I think it was after the match with Rusev, or maybe before, I don't remember exactly, started this whole Open Championship with the United States title. And, and I, I want it to get back to that. So if it's not Nakamura that's going to do that, find somebody else. Because I don't think that Nakamura is the right guy to be holding the U.S. title right now. That's that's my one thing that I know of. Uh, not the that, way they're booking him, yeah. Exactly. But I want to see it get back to where it's a it's a prestigious kind of I don't want to say local, but I mean, put some shine back on that belt. I hate that the the Intercontinental, since Miz left, there doesn't seem to be a lot of attention on the Intercontinental because Seth's got it and it's all about the shield and yeah. all that stuff right now. Same thing's getting, the U.S. title's getting buried because, you know, because Shinsuke, I just, I, I want to see it get back to being that kind of illustrious mid-card title that it's always always has been. I agree, and I hope they do that. Uh, finally, Bibosh uh, says, he agrees with what Dominique says about uh, JB. Also, yes. what do you make of Ciampa welcoming this new dark side of J- Johnny Gargano? Do you think a heel DIY run will make this already one of the best storylines even better when Gargano finally gets his redemption? What? Yeah. So so the speculation is, is that Gargano has turned to the dark side to face Aleister Black, but somehow out of this we get dark champa and dark gargano reforming into dark diy and dominating the tag division again oh man i just it's I the, had not it's even, the darkest timeline i had not even gone down this rabbit hole path yet but that sounds freaking amazing 
Yeah. <laughs> if they pull off some shit like that and completely come full circle from a year and a half ago, I'm in. Yeah, that sounds I think, awesome. I think it could be great. I, I think I, I, you could do that, or you could. I mean, I, I don't know how they would square that with the two of them teaming back up again. But weirder right. things have happened. Weirder things have happened. I could be totally down with that. Uh, anything they do with the storyline at this point is they've been right on the money with everything so far. So I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, I think this um, still culminates a little bit in Champa and Gargano uh, having maybe yet another title match. I oh, absolutely! Know oh, this is a long way from over as far as oh, that's yeah. concerned, for oh, sure. I, the, like we said at the beginning of the year, this is going to be the, the feud of the year. It's going to run all year, and it has, and it and has. And it has, and it has. Yes. All right, Nick. Well, thank you, everybody, for giving us your questions. we got to head over and do a lightning round. Yes. A lightning round beep, beep, the beep, other, beep, 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 beep. The other news section. Thank you for waiting all this way to get to this, because there's a lot of interesting stuff here that I've got to rip through. We got uh, Ultima Lucha 4 has begun over on Lucha Underground. Oh. On the first episode of it, the Reptile Tribe retained their trios belts. Taya wrecked Johnny Mundo, and there was a big old match between Son of Havoc and Killshot. Son of Havoc did win, which means that Killshot had to remove his mask, and he revealed that his real name was Jermaine Strickland. You might recognize because he wrestles also under Shane Strickland, so that was a nice way to kind of twist that. And backstage, he was relieved of duty quote-unquote by dante fox they did they saluted each other so does this mean that kill shot is out of lucha underground not looks sure that there. way looks that way we'll keep you up to date and we'll have more lucha underground next week as well uh we uh, it was confirmed it was confirmed by the way another article here uh nxt production crew did work the evolution show our speculation Whoa. was correct it was triple h's boys vince only observed because uh all the other equipment was up in charlotte already uh Kevin Dunn did not work the event. It was completely run by other people uh, because everything else was elsewhere. No that wonder. Would explain a lot. No wonder it was so good. Yes. Uh, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so let's see. As we mentioned earlier, some of those NXT guys went off and did something real interesting this weekend. They were at Evolve 114, and Fabian Eichner and the Street Profits both won belts. Uh, Fabian Eichner beat the aforementioned Shane Strickland for the heavyweight championship, and the Street Profits won the tag belts off of Chris Dickinson and Jaka. So, I mean, I, now Evolve has had a working relationship with WWE for a while. A lot of the NXT guys yeah. are going over there right now, uh, but that's interesting. Yes. NXT dudes winning titles, that's a new twist. Could we so, see an absorption of Evolve into uh, either NXT or WWE as a whole? Or it could be another, like like they do with um, another another territory, if you will. It yeah, might become sure. like a new, another WWE territory, uh, kind of like an OVW or something. Who yeah. knows? Uh, there are some title defenses announced already for episode 115 and 116. Uh, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry are taking on the Street Profits. And then the winner of the match between Harlem Bravado, Jason Kincaid, Josh Briggs, and Leon Ruff will be facing Eichner. Uh, also, Mustafa Ali will be uh, facing off against DJZ at 115 and against Darby Allen at 116. And good old Cassius Ono will be coming in to face Eichner uh, at 115, it looks like, as well as the title match. And then Shane Strickland is also going up against Cassius Ono at 116. Fabian Eichner's busy. Holy yeah, well, smokes. We, we said he's been really good for a long time. I'm nice to see him getting some love, even though he had to go to Evolve to do it. Yes. Um, really quick update on the Mixed Match Challenge. Ember yes. Moon, Braun Strowman still undefeated at 3-0. and Mickey James, Bobby Lashley still undefeated at 2-0 and on the Raw side. Um, and then on SmackDown, Asuka and The Miz are still 3-0. and Charlotte Flair and AJ Styles 
also still 3-0. and mm. Quick results from the Jericho Cruise, which happened this last weekend. The Sea of Honor Tournament uh, finals was Flip Gordon and Jay Briscoe, and Flip kicked out of the J-Driller and ended up winning that match. Uh, let's see, the Bullet Club, Cody, Marty, uh, Cody and Marty Skrull and Kenny Omega beat the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho. Wait, they weren't called the Bullet Club anymore. <clears throat> well, at this point they were. Oh, they, okay. They, they, yeah, they're still the, the quote-unquote Bullet Club. Cody and Marty gotcha. Skrull and Kenny Omega. Uh, the elite. but One half yeah. of the elite. Uh, and then uh, Sammy Callahan beat Marty Skrull in an Anything Goes Anywhere on the Ship match. As you can imagine, that was probably I the hope case. that was taped and that you can watch that somewhere. I, I didn't get to see any of this, but there's a I lot would have of, loved to have seen that match. There's a lot of cell phone footage of it somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then, let's see, although they did, they did actually make people put away their cell phones. There was a 10-man uh, tag, which was Impact versus Ring of Honor, which was won by Ring of Honor because Calla, Sammy Callahan to basically told everyone they all sucked, so everybody <laughs> on both sides beat him up and pinned him. So <laughs> every, he said everything sucks, and uh, so everyone everyone teamed up on him, beat him up, and pinned him. So Ring of Honor just won by by default, death um, by a thousand super kicks. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the Young Bucks beat LAX, and then finally, uh, an interesting note: Jay Lethal and Johnny Impact, the current champs of Ring of Honor and Impact, respectively, agreed to a title versus title match sometime in the future. So Ring of Honor versus Impact sometime in the future. Nothing official right now. The companies are not actually talking to each other. But it, uh, they're saying that it could actually happen sometime in the next year. So that'd be could kinda... that have anything to do with that uh, crossover thing that's happening at Madison Square Garden in April? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, it's also been... Okay, another news. It's been reported that WWE has been handing out signs to their crowds. And this has been going on for a while now. You've probably seen some really nice-looking signs that are quite conspicuously on camera and seem to be very in with storyline. Uh, they look a lot like signs from like you know 2K18 or something. Um, <laughs> it's confirmed they've been handing out ones for women's tag belts. We want women's tag belts. You probably saw those all over the airwaves this week. Uh, that's WWE handing those out, trying to promote that. Um, it's, it doesn't. I mean, it makes sense. They've got the damn belts sitting there somewhere in storage. So the sooner we get those, the better it'll be. Uh, in funny news, Jeff Jarrett had a match uh, down in AAA in Mexico at Heroes Inmortales, and he lost to Dr. Wagner Jr. in a hair-versus-hair match, and he got his head shaved. Jeff Jarrett just got his head shaved. Well, I mean, wasn't he bald anyway? He didn't look good before. He looks really... You got to see the picture online. I'll post it. It looks looks particularly bad. He looks like a real slap nuts. Uh, If you didn't check it out, the Hardy Halloween... was amazing. It aired after uh, Evolution. We didn't have time to go over it today, but it was the kind of gonzo stuff you would imagine. Back to form for the Broken Hardy universe. Please keep making that stuff on the Hardy compound just endlessly. Seriously. You will, it, it'll be the highest rated shit all over the WWE Network. Amen. I, I, a lot of people I know watched that and loved it. Loved yeah. it. Uh, there. By the way, so when we gave our picks for Evolution, we mentioned an NXT UK match, and we apologize if you heard that and heard spoilers. Uh, and you were wondering why it wasn't actually on the show. It was on the show. It was at Evolution. They did actually record an NXT UK women's title match at Evolution. It hasn't aired yet. It will ultimately air on NXT UK. I won't repeat who it is or what it is because it will give spoilers for NXT UK. Uh, But yes, it did actually get shown there. It just hasn't been aired yet. Kind of like what they do with NXT at the takeovers. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for that quick rapid fire updates are in of all the other news going around that does it for our show crown jewel is tomorrow it is 9 a.m 
It, it is what it is. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys overseas, whatever time zone you're in, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, build off of that. Uh, for those of you in Australia, those of you in the U.K. and Europe, uh, you guys are, are having different times over there. But we will be back on Saturday with our recap. That will be up by the end of the day Saturday, going over everything that happened at Crown Jewel, for better or worse. Uh, plus, uh, we got you can reg- tell I'm kind of yeah. flippant about it right now because <laughs> I just get more and more irritated the more I think about everything that's going on around that thing. But uh, we continue to build towards Survivor Series, the fallout from Crown Jewel, Power struggle coming up this weekend. And, of course, Ultima Lucha Cuatro. Man, there is so much wrestling going on this weekend. It is fantastic. Well, and we'll be talking about it all in our regular show next Thursday for sure. Uh, So please make sure to check us out there. Uh, But, yeah, in the meantime, go check us out on Facebook and our Facebook discussion group. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter at BWO Podcast, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash BWO, and check us out on YouTube at YouTube forward slash C forward slash Busted Wide Open. Hit that subscribe button and the bell to get notified when we post things up there on the YouTubes. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.